I'll tell you what, it's Namu here and I have been absolutely loving Cheeky Monkey's surf break series. Adzi, T-Bone, what about you two? Yeah, what? mate, I've been uh, ripping into a brand new double East Coast hazy IPA by the name of Rabbit Hill. And just like the sandy, dredge-spitting demon of a bank that uh, Rabbits is, mate, it packs a punch. It's, it's bloody certainly, good. certainly does pack a punch. What about you, T-Bone? What have you been ripping in at? I like a little juicy, little right-hand slabbing little windmills brew mate yeah <laughs> the old hazy mid 3.5 percent you know me Azzy. you do love a mid strength don't you mate and the cheeky monkey windmills it's a bloody good one because it gives you that full bodied full mouth experience uh mm. but it's by far the, their weakest beer so you can actually have not weak in terms of weakness just no. in terms of alcohol by volume that's right so you can have a couple at a barbie and still drive home Unlike the Rabbit Hill where you cop one over the falls into the sandbank and you're getting wheeled off in a stretcher. They're the ones I like. You don't want that, so uh, keep an eye out for the Cheeky Monkey beers in your bottle shop. They are brought to you by the good folk of Cheeky Monkey and they are bloody awesome. We're enjoying them as much as you could possibly imagine. So tell them about Surf Podcast sent you. Yoo-hoo. Adzi here for Barreled Surf Podcast. I'm sitting in my shed once again. I've just cracked myself a cold cheeky monkey beer, lovely pale ale. And uh, across the table from me today, I've got a very special guest. Uh, he's an old friend of mine and uh, an old surfing legend from a couple of different coasts. His name is Steve Barrett. How you going, Steve? Uh, good, thanks, Adzi. Um, yep. yep, thanks for coming in, mates. Uh we, uh, we've worked together a few times. We've, uh, you used to know me when I was a young knockabout bloke hanging out with your boy and making surf movies. So we've, uh, we've mixed in the same circles for a long time. In recent years, we, we've done a lot of work together, you being a builder and stuff. And uh, yeah, we got talking about, we're, all, well, we're always talking about surf, but we got talking about surf and I said, well, maybe you should come in and join me and uh, give us a bit of the Steve Barrett story. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, Adji. I sort of wasn't expecting this, but um, <laughs> that's it. And yes, we have been working together for a fair while. Yep. As a matter of fact, I think I might have pushed you into getting a plumbing apprenticeship at the start. I remember way back, you were doing absolutely sweet <laughs> F4. And, uh, it's, it's, yeah, anyway, anyway, it's all worked out good. It's thanks. all worked out good. No, well, thanks for coming in, mate. Um, uh, we've done a lot of interviews with a few different crew and most people uh, have a similar WA upbringing sort of style of upbringing in the surf adventure but um, we thought it'd be cool to have you in because you grew up on the east coast and uh, specifically in northern New South Wales and um, yeah we thought oh this could be a, a good spin and something a little bit different so mate let's rip into it. Uh, where were you born and how old are you now? Uh, I was born in New South but Grew up sort of out west of all things in New South Inland. Oh yeah, New South Wales. Yes, yeah. yeah. Moved to the north, northern northern rivers when I was about eight, and oh, yeah. um, I couldn't believe it from that day on because I'd never seen anywhere as green and tropical. Yeah, mangoes everywhere, yep. mangoes, and it was like 
I'm in heaven. So <laughs> yeah. So that and that was to Ballina. Is that where you moved? No, Lismore. 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 Lismore's twenty k's, twenty miles in from Ballina. It's yep. like the centre of a circle. We got. 20, 30 miles north is Byron, 20 miles east is Balna, yep. uh, 30 to the southeast is Evans Head. So oh, yeah. Got all the surfs in that circle. No worries. So you're eight years old. Um, when did you start making your way to the coast? Was it straight away or? Uh, pretty well, yeah, sorry, mate, pretty well straight away. My my dad was always mad keen fisherman. Oh, yeah. And um, we'd always go down and spend all summer holidays down at Balna. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I think I got into a had the foamy, yep. start off on the foamy from from then, and um, the surfing hadn't even really started. What what year then. are we talking here, roughly? When you're eight, just within a couple um, of years. Eight, eight. I was probably 1960, 1960, 1960. Yep, to yep. nineteen sixty two. Yeah, because yep, somewhere in that zone. Yeah, yeah. So it's a long time ago now. And did you? Your dad didn't surf. He was just a fisher. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't, he wasn't a surfer. Yeah. Well, no one was then because surfing didn't really start till about 63, 4, right. 5, 63. Yeah, but that was sort of when those first big long mouths <coughs> turned up and all those American Gidget movies and that hit the airways and yeah, and it, um, it it took off and, yeah. So where did you get that foamy from then? Just. Was it just like in, I don't know, fishing shops or fucking um, Kmart equivalent or whatever the fuck was kicking around back then? Yeah, what, what was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was sports stores. Yeah, um, sports stores. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have Kmart. No. <laughs> no. And did you, have you got cool brothers lot. or sisters or anything that surfed? Or No, I had a sister, but no, she wasn't into surfing, but... Yeah. Um, no. So, so it was more just like a, almost just like a toy for you that your dad bought you to go and play in the whitewater in, really. Yeah, but no, it's been... Uh, Spend the whole day on the beach at Balna, Lighthouse Beach, and and um, yeah, before before you got to Farmy, it was hiring their surfer planes off them and that. Oh yeah, and you, you you literally spent all day every day down there over the summer holidays. So you, yeah. you'd, you'd get up, leave home in the morning, come back absolutely fried yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and, and how were you getting down there? Obviously, just with your dad at that stage. No, we we, we actually well, I, <clears throat> I remember. Um, my dad's mum passed away and he inherited a little bit of money which allowed him to go in a ballot for a block of land out at East Balna. Oh, yeah. And he, he won one and built a, a little weekender shack on it. A fibro like, fisher yeah, shack. Yeah, a little fibro shack, 3,000 quid, I think it was, or something, yep. something ridiculous. And, um, oh, cool. So that was it. We, and that was right there at Shelley Beach. So yep. that was, and it was a, you, walk, you walked everywhere. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, what a sick time. So your first board was a foamy, and and was there any other kids on foamies, or were you just what was happening? Yeah, all the, all the kids were because yeah. I end up, you know, it got to know all the local kids down there. Then in that same age bracket, you know, when you're ten, got to twelve. Yep. And then surfboards came along when we were thirteen, and uh, oh yeah, literally the big old mouths the original sort of mouths with, ones, with, the, yeah. with that bloody old dork fin in them and big shark fin sort of style thing you know not, not even a shark fin just that straight d oh the big d yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously ugly <laughs> but balna was pretty unique back then because there's yeah it's a massive big river comes in you, you've seen it yep and then the river forks about a, a mile from the mouth yep and right at that fork there's a bridge missing hand bridge yep and it was 
notoriously reliable for surf, right. you know, especially when those easterly uh, swell patterns are happening, like, like what's happening there now. Yep. Um, just as well as a march up the river. And, and it, so the swells had come down the river. How yeah. far into the river are we talking here? It's about it's about a mile from the the end of the walls to the where yeah, it right. breaks, and it got seriously good. So we'd all everyone drag their mouths down there and. And and they're only sort of quite gentle, peeling sort of little yeah. waves in there, aren't they? When we started, it was always a left-hander, quite a good one, because it ground back into a, a groin. Yeah. Uh, and it just without fail, it seemed to come on every afternoon about 2 o'clock and yeah. then work right through till till the end of the day on the, yeah. something to do with the tide. Yeah, going in the river, the tide would have played a big part, wouldn't it? Huge part. And yeah. um, that it was just unbelievably reliable, and I think the surf schools that still they, they really utilise that bridge surfing spot. I'm pretty sure I drove past and seen surf schools there every Arvo. It still gets days. still gets waves sometimes, but they ended up extending the breakwaters. They decide, oh yeah, they you know took them out another um, couple of hundred meters and turned one in towards the other, so it it cut cut the swell. Massively, yeah, so right. Okay. Now it only works when it's just real solid sort of east ground swell, I think. So yeah, yeah. And um, mate, what was your your first proper board after the foamy? Was it? How did you get that? How did you come by that one? It was the nine foot six Pacific Star. That's what it said. The big okay. old big old Mal. Um, I bought it. I think second hand. Pretty that folks probably helped us get that one. It was yep. What would it have been? Probably. 20 quid, something. something. Where, did, where, quid. where did you get it from? I guess just some backyard uh, shaper dude or how was it? No, 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 no. They they I think they were, they were made in Sydney. Oh, yeah? Yeah, everything, everything was made in Sydney. It was yeah. the um, Brookvale up on the northern beaches. Oh, that, yeah. that was the whole centre. That was the hub. The surfing world, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I probably had that for a year then. Then we moved pretty quick from that, that into... I think even after after the first year, it went into when surfboards all of a sudden went light. They were still big, yep. but they went stringless. And um, oh yeah, this was the Gold Coast was the head of the scene there. There was uh, Joe Larkin. I don't know if you ever heard of Joe Larkin. He he had a he had a surf shop at Kira. Yep, just just down Mile Street from the point there, and that was my next board. I got it from him. Eight. It was still eight foot six. Yep. So I've only gone from nine foot six to eight foot six, a big drop. Yeah, yep. And um, just heaps lighter and oh, just, it had yeah. no, no stringer and it was only like two inches thick. So it was yeah, it was like felt like it was going to break every time you rode it. Yeah, but that, that that was huge. And the fins changed. It this way had big, you know, big sweeping dag of fins. Yeah, um, yep. and I think it just whether George Grano had had the influence of fins by then because I definitely the start is is designs of them yeah um yeah and then then the next one was one from up the road laurie honesty oh yeah i've heard of that name, that was yeah. that was eight foot six but it was pin nose pin tail with a big um sickle shaped fin on it yeah it was a seriously good board it just took surfing like all of a sudden he got this thing that you could turn you could throw it around it was yep. like here we go, yeah. And so by the time you got onto those fiberglass boards, um, were you venturing out into the, the proper brakes and stuff? Like uh, by then, obviously, you'd started progressing and, and where did you progress uh, to? Definitely, yeah, yeah. No, um, 
Well, even when we were the bridge, we one of my mates had an older brother that had the car, so we'd do the do the lap to Byron Bay, back to Balna or down to Evans Head. Yeah. So, you know, now we got the surf, you know, the pass of Byron back and main beach of Byron back when we were still on those those ugly big mouths, yeah. big mouths, yeah. yeah. So you're like, what, 13, 14 maybe by this stage? And yeah, 13, 13, yeah. 14, yep. And yeah. scoring, scoring the pass in Byron Bay, perfect mail wave. That's How many guys are in the water back then on a good day? Um, you could get waves, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my memories was it was yeah. always crowded, even from really? even from the <laughs> from day get one. Go, yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember the first time I got it absolutely perfect. Yeah, it was one of it must have only been fourteen because we'd got got onto the. I think it was my third board, that honestly, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we got, he, mate's old man come and picked us up. It was three of us and him. And we would, would have got down there by six o'clock in the morning. And you first see Byron, the pass from where you come over the highway hill at Mount Helena. Yeah. And it's just way off in the distance. And we said, oh, shit, there's waves. We got down there and it was just, it was like coming out of a machine. It's just, pumping corduroy four to six foot oh sick <laughs> absolutely dead glassy just the lightest it was offshore but it was classy yeah and it stayed like that all day oh sick. We, we just we just surfed non-stop all the way through from then till about it's like 500 meter long peelers yeah it was going from out the back all the way down through clark's that's first time i ever got a proper tube it's just Is it? oh it, that's that's good that's, that was one of your next questions can you oh, remember right. your first barrel so <laughs> I'm glad we ticked that one off. So okay. keep going. Yeah, yeah. no, that's because it was just mechanical, and it, when it hit the Clark section down, it just wound up and just accelerated off, and just in there, and you go, oh shit, what's what, what's going on here? <laughs> the next minute, come flying out down the end, and then you're hooked. Yeah, sick. But so and, that was obviously a pretty memorable magic session. First barrel, first real good memory of getting really yeah, good pass. Yeah, and just I remember being totally exhausted by the end of the yeah. day. Was it a school day? No, that was a Saturday morning. Oh, that's it, nice. Did their, um, yeah, no, this, <laughs> the wagon school days came later. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there was plenty of them going on in the uh, northern coast of New South Wales at that time. Um, so uh, I had a question here. When was your first real wave, the one that really – got you hooked at the first bit of clean face because obviously uh, we all know you don't get your first barrel for a good couple of years after you start going sideways, you know, like um, where was sort of the one that really got the bug for you? Well, I had, we, had, we had the bug from day one. <laughs> first white water at the bridge. You were yeah, yeah, yeah. First got left end of there. Yeah. No, actually we um, scored North Wall at Balna when we were school kids because yep. we used to get, this before we had cars, we'd get, one of our parents to drop us down to the camping ground behind the Shores Bay Hotel, which is right there yep. near the bridge behind North Wall. Oh, yeah. And um, before she – it was one of the guys' mums dropped us down there and said, before you go, can you just take us a quick drive out to look at the ocean at um, the lighthouse there? Yep. And we get there and it was it was winter school holidays. It must have been May or something. Yep. And it was just clean as a whistle. Westerly's blown straight offshore. Yeah, and it looked looking up towards the world looked like about two foot, but absolutely perfect. Yeah, we, we'd never seen it like that. We'd never seen anyone surf up that end at ever. Yeah, right. And um, 
So we got back, got our tent set up, and then we all bolted, dragged our boards all the way. You had to walk the whole length of North Wall to get there. Oh, yeah. And we got there, and it was, wasn't two foot. It was solid four, six foot, and some even bigger. Yeah. But just totally brushed straight offshore, a lot like really good beaches when they go off around here. Yeah, and it sort of gets a bit of a wedge action in it. It's too, a total wedge. Yeah, so it's pretty powerful. Yeah, and that's... That, that's probably what, what really got us hooked for the first time because yeah, hadn't hadn't surfed waves like that, and there was no one out, nobody, mate, no, no. <laughs> just us, just like the four of us, yeah. And so you just camped sort of right, right there. Well, we camped back behind the pub. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> that was quite dangerous at fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, you snuck in for a couple at some stage, maybe not at fourteen, but no uh, doubt when you were sixteen. It was yeah. Well, I remember. I think it was. The brown musket was about all we could afford. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were too big on checking IDs back then either, were they? No, mate. Especially was, not up there. It was all pretty loose, yeah. Yeah, classic. What? So what? just give us a quick snippet of what Ballina was like as a town. Back then, was it um, full of hippies or was it working, like, working collar, blue collar sort of stuff, working class? Or? It's, that's the interesting question, Azzy, because, you know, when we first – there always used to be a population sign on the – on the entry into Ballina from the south. Yeah. And I remember the first years we were going there, it was Ballina population 1,200, right? right? Yeah. So it was a lot lot like probably Dunsborough is now maybe. Um, no, nah, Dunsborough's got way more than 1,200. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. 1,200. 1,200, that's not many. And then, then I remember when we finally moved over here, they'd changed that sign to 12,000. They'd literally wow, put another zero on it. Crikey. But it was it was literally just a beach holiday, t- holiday town. It had yep. swelled in summer. Yep, yep. And in, and in winter there'd be no one, yeah? There was a, on. It was a fishing port, so there was, yep. there was prawning and that, that was about it. And it wasn't even much of a building industry. It wasn't, uh, yeah, much... Uh, Going on in the way of shops and towns and stuff uh, in industrial areas or anything like that. No, Nothing. there wasn't any industrial areas. No. There were shops, car yards, and but no, it's pretty not a lot. Very laid back. What was maybe, the first? Maybe early bustle. What was the first surf shop you remember in Ballina? San Juan, San yeah. Juan, San Juan right. surfboards. Yep. Yeah. Right. Oh no, sorry, there was a couple others formed up in the backyards. That was the first serious one to set up in the main street. Yeah. Uh, Ken Adler, um, he had. I Bob McTavish came up and worked for him, and so it was pretty serious because that, that that was the start of the the new era of surfboards where they went they they come down to the you heard the the plastic fantastic machine yeah yeah that was Bob sort of almost like that shape there a bit mm, no nah, nah, not quite nah, nah. we're looking at a six foot single fin stringless hawk over there that's, uh, it's quite looks like a six foot mal. No, they, 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 they started off about eight foot six. Yeah, that, and they had a sort of big hips at the back of them, and they come back to a, a diamond tail, right? Chunky with a really deep V bottom on it, and a massive big uh, granite fin like that. Oh it. yeah, but it completely revolutionised surfing because these things you could you could turn them off on the back foot, and um, and then from there they quickly. Came down in size. It went all of a sudden went from eight foot six straight down to seven foot, and then the yeah. the tail shapes changed into more the rounded pins and that. And that was 
that was the whole start of the surfboard revolution. Yeah, right. No one looked back. Everyone was glad to chuck the mouse in. The <laughs> and go, See yeah. you later. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Classic. Um, and mate, what about uh, what about the first time you surfed Lennox? Because obviously, living in Ballina, for anyone who doesn't know, Lennox Head was, is the big dog in town, really, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's. I mean, I don't. Everywhere gets good on its day, but that that's the big one in the area, isn't it? There in the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was the unknown one for a while because was it? it wasn't easy to get there. And in the early years, no, there was, wasn't much surfing going on in winter because everyone was working or at school, so it was only weekends. Yeah, and it was a and, summer holiday town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I think it, it got exposed in mid-60s in a surfing, surfing world magazine or one of them. Yep. And, um, and then that sort of started it and uh, – had you surfed it by then or you saw it in the magazine first? I hadn't surfed young. the point by then. I'd never seen the point work. It was always onshore and crap, you know? Because you're there in summer. Mainly. And even if you come through there in winter, you'd be, yeah, it was, it was strange. But yeah, when then, then it was no stopping us. But it was all before leg rope, so it was, yeah. it was pretty <laughs> challenging. Yeah, yeah. But unbelievable because, um, yeah, no, that was... That was that was it from then on. Obviously, for those that don't know, Lennox Head is uh, a, a massive uh, point break, and it's getting in and out of there is always hilarious to watch. Other people do it slippery cobblestones. There's just no easy way in or out, and if you lose your board, it's going to go in the rocks and pinball around. So yeah, no leggies would have definitely been a challenge there back <laughs> in the day. It's um so. How did you get there the first time? The first time you surfed Lennox, can you? Oh, it would have been in my mate's car. That was, was still before we had licenses when we first surfed it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was 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 in it was in that one. And then we got end up with car and a license ourselves, and we get in there. Yeah, you used to be able to you used to be able to drive into it from the bottom and go through a cattle grid and then down across a a swampy creek and actually drive along. The point itself and, and park right there. Right there. Right. right right up to where you went down and climbed and went surfing from. So Oh, awesome. Yeah, there's some great photos kicking around of just cars lined up the whole way, all old combis and old bloody Holden station wagons. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And uh and then so then you started working out that what conditions Lennox yeah. worked on and then you probably started realising, hey, winter's that's it the time the big sowie swells and and all that, and then it, I'd imagine it would have become a bit of a focus of your life, wouldn't it? I would have thought. You, you nailed it spot on because <laughs> I was still going to school up in Lismore at this stage, right? Yeah. And um, in winter, you had, had a choice of playing, you know, if the winter sports footy or that, or you could play golf. Right. And we said, <laughs> well, we play golf because that's the one where – there was no supervision. No teacher went along with that one. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so we, we'd have the car loaded up with the rudders and buddy, um, as soon as uh, lunchtime comes, because it was always sports day, it was Wednesday afternoon. Yep. And, mate, we'd be, we'd be bolted. As soon as, as soon as we got out of that gate, we'd be just fly off down to Ballon and Lennox. Yep. And um, they've got some unbelievable memories of that period. Yep. This is totally the period when um, – it's sort of before Morning of the Earth, but it's when Bob McTavish was there, George Greeno, um, 
Ted Spencer, all these, these old legends. Yep. And they'd be the only ones there. They'd be all just camped out on the point for the day, just laying out in the sun. Yeah. No, and then, and then all of a sudden these school, school kids turn up. Yeah. My, my brother-in-law was one of them. His um, Gary Keys, Gary, you might know Gary and Terry from Margaret River. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they were originally part of that era that escaped from Sydney and moved up to Angari and totally yeah. lived and surfed all of that. So they had, a, they had the best of the... Just uh, best of all of it. Yeah. Sleeping on the grass at Lennox, eating mangoes, smoking <laughs> chillums and getting six foot Lennox head all to yourself. Yeah, much. yeah. Sounds terrible. No, <laughs> and and to, and to see it big and perfect. Yeah. Even Wayne, so Wayne Lynch for the first time was was up visiting with them. I think he was only 16. Yeah, right. Watching him surf it on his back end. It was like. Awesome. Yeah, this is, this is like watching a surfing movie right yeah. in front of your, right your eyes. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And so uh, what surfers did you sort of look up to in that era? Sorry, you might have just answered that question. I had it as a note there, but um, I, I know you said there wasn't a lot, but obviously there was a couple of gurus kicking around. That- no. So there, there, there were a lot of really good surfing. There were a lot of the so-called legends are up there from Sydney and that. Yeah. But you because really, you were surfing all the time, you really got to – um, experience their actual personalities and that as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of you know, most of them were just really good guys. And um, yeah, I got to shut up here. <laughs> no, you can't. This may or may not have happened. <laughs> yeah, it may, may or may not have happened. But there's a couple of the super famous ones who just could may or may not have been absolute tosses. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, look, that's still. Can be common in this day and age, just because you're a good surfer yeah. doesn't mean you're a good bloke. But yeah, so yeah, you'd but like to think back in the day when it was all peace, love, and mushrooms and empty point breaks that you'd, no, you'd be a good bloke. How, no, could, was, how could you be a bad bloke? But there were some hideously big egos mixed in with it. Was you know? And um, yeah, but no, but guys like Bob McTavish, George Greeno, and that they just most down to earth, genuine guys you'd, you'd ever meet. You know? and yeah, well, they they just live for surfing and yeah, yeah. awesome. And um, what about uh, um, you had something there in your notes about um, boulders, which is for those who don't know, is like a, a beautiful little bay around the back of Lennox um, uh, with a track or something like that. Was hard yeah. to get down, was it? Or it's it's easy now. There's a yeah. Well, it was it was pretty well unknown there. So that was that was it was almost like our balance secret break yeah, for, right. for years. And yeah. Um, and to how good we had it. Well, you've, you, have you, I don't know if you've yeah. seen it. I've had it pretty good, fun, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Lennox would be just around the corner and it'd be, be packed and that would be boulders and there'd be five guys or something like that, yeah? Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a house right in the car park now. Yeah, I think it was for sale. It was only like 12 mil or something like that. It was like, yeah. that'd be <laughs> we should, nice. We should have all chipped in and got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so I don't know. The driveway is part of the car park there, so it'd be a bit of, bit of a hassle. It's a pretty busy car park these days. But, yeah. Oh, it's a bloody awesome spot. I love that we area. Used, and, we, um, we used to be able to get our cars into the middle of the beach. Oh, right. There was a track in there, so you could park there and then walk out to the point, surf it, and come back in through the middle. And um, I guess by then you, you probably had a little – a little posse of, of a couple of mates that were, were getting into it with you and on the same trajectory? Uh, totally. I, no, there wasn't. I was always in, in the bit like you in that early morning slot where you get up first light and hit it, you know, follow the tides. And um, there's not many crew that actually do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, one of my best mates. It might, might, or may, may or may not be a true story. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, my um, favourite stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to try to get him talking, but it would take an hour before you got him out of the door because you always have to have the cup of tea. And, yeah. <laughs> and the, so the chill him and the yeah. this and that. And, but, yeah, classic. So, mate, um, obviously your early days were, were all around there. Um, Lennox would have just become a staple for you, obviously, and... Uh, mates, um, Barry McKinnon, one of your good mates, dobbed you in. Uh, <laughs> I did a bit of research with Baz. He's a local uh, mate of ours um, that still surfs now. And, and he reckons the first time he went over there, he remembers seeing you there and he, he described you as a burly, muscly, power rail surfer who was scary to paddle past in the lineup at Lennox and reckons he said you weren't grumpy, but you, you were just gnarly looking and he was he was probably a bit younger, I think. And um, so it sounds like maybe after a few years you, you grew into your boots there at Lennox and stamped a bit of your claim with it without being a, a dick, obviously. But uh, you obviously had a bit of time there when you were fit, young, strong and pretty confident. Yeah, and I think just growing up on the East Coast was – like I'd, I'd never drop in on anyone on purpose, but mate, I'd I'd claim me claim my ways was mine. <laughs> Still, sure. yeah, and um, yeah, no, and no, I never try to, no, never try to intimidate anyone in the water. No, well, it sounds like you intimidated Baz, but uh, he must have got over it because he's one of your best mates still to this day. But um, <laughs> he said he was scared. <laughs> he was scared. Oh, so you must have had something going on, but uh, no, he reckons you were. He reckons you were great to watch out there, so uh, he was giving you props. Um, yeah, Baz, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's him. What's, what's he after? Cheap yeah. build or something? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, buttering up a plumber too, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, um, mate, so when did you – you mentioned the pass and stuff. Um, obviously, that's pretty close to Lennox. Um, when did you start – really branching out on road trips and um i mean were you shooting down at evans head a bit as well that that was our normal circuit to be it's a lot a lot of times we just do that whole circuit because the wind would start off in one direction and then it'd go northerly and then it'd like yep. to go back to a southerly so it'd be nothing to go to evans head bowling up to byron and then turn around and do the whole darn lot yeah right um and Evans Head gets pretty good, that river mouth on its day. Is that yeah. where you want? Yep. I, I saw the bank there once, a really good bank. It was really small, but, geez, it was perfect. It, 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 it got serious, seriously good ways. I don't know if you ever got to surf Broken Head. but um, Yep, I did. But that, you know, we probably, grew, grew, growing up, had that as good as it ever got, ever possibly could get. Yeah. And back then, Evans Head used to break like that. Oh, right. Absolutely flawless right-hander starting from the, the south wall all the way up to in front of the surf club. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it does it. I haven't heard of it doing it like that anymore. Since it actually had a really wide. good bank when I was there, like two yeah. three years ago. So it was small, but it's 150 meters long. Yeah. Uh, and just really perfect. Yeah, um, it was only like one two foot. You know, uh, still fun, but uh, yeah, geez, it was five foot. It would have been now. Ten keep, chips. No, it's it's, it's not. <laughs> No, it's a dud. There's nothing to do. You don't care. You don't surf it anymore. (laughs) Maybe you're going to make your comeback there. Sorry, I've still got mates there. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of sharks anyway, isn't it? Yeah. um, Yeah, so, mates, um, before we go on to the road trips, I want to ask you about the road trips. Um, Just tell us a little bit about um, 
the paddling across the inlet at uh, Ballina because uh, the reason I bring that up is because Evan's head is a big inlet and you're surfing right in front of it and Ballina's a big inlet and we all, everyone knows that uh, it's really sharky these days but uh, it was always really sharky, wasn't it, it that area? You, yeah, going fishing with my dad, I, I learned real early that that whole Ballina stretch of coast was really sharky. <laughs> and, um, Especially where your dad's just burling up in the channel that you're on yeah, the bank you're surfing. <laughs> and at this time of year, spring, it, um, the main wind's a nor'easter, which is it's a devil wind. It's horrible. The only, only place you can get a surf is uh, south wall over south Ballina. Yep. And so the only way you get there, you either got to do a road, road trip, which takes about 45 minutes plus a a ferry, a punt across the river. Yeah, you put your car on the ferry and, yeah. and go across and yeah, it's a pretty long drive. Or you drive up to North Wall and you jump in the river and paddle across. Yeah, it's about, what, 150 metres across the river? It's like. a, no, it's it's a full-on half a mile. Oh, is it? It's Well, it's 500 paddles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I still remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, um, we only had one car then. I was with... Um, it's with, I was with Shaz, my wife then. We went yeah. married at that stage. And in the afternoon, I'd knock off work, fly, um, get home, and she'd need the car. So I'd get her to drop me down at North Wall yeah. and I'd paddle across the river and surf. And I said, well, come come back on just on, on dark and I'll, I'll, I'll come back. I'll be back on dark. Yeah. And she'd let me get, watch me jump in the river and start paddling and go, I can't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Turn away. Yeah, because it's um, it's just yeah. notoriously full of bull sharks, isn't it? For those that don't know, I mean, there's whites and there is now. I don't remember whites when we were growing up there and that, but um, yeah, right. But they're definitely there now. Yeah, but um, like I was there a couple of years ago, and there was an aerial shot when I was there of the Ballina River mouth, and there was a school of like sixty or eighty bull sharks all just swarming right at the end of that inlet there and uh, <laughs> and they're, they're the ones that love swimming up the river and stuff like that isn't there so yeah. it was known as a pretty notoriously paddle to to take take that risk and paddle across the river was it you, you normally try to do it in a group of three or four of you yeah. it's just something that's come, it's not going to take four people yeah. <laughs> but, but when you do it on your own it's um like i say that's to, to get the fear out of my head all, all i do is i just count my paddles and, and i knew it took I ended up working out pretty quick. It took 500 paddles to get across yeah, right. the other side. And if I, if I was getting up near 500 and it was the other the other wall still looked like a hell of a long way away, it was like you just dug it, you really dug them in hard to, <laughs> to cover that ground. Yeah, right. And um, no doubt you had a few encounters with the, the men in grey suits, did you, in your early days over there? Yep. Yeah, probably not as many as you have had. <laughs> no, I have had, had a few very scary experiences with them. But um, yeah. you've been charged by a car. You ever been bumped or anything, or just sort of had? Just I've been, been eyeballed. Yeah, and um, that's not a pleasant experience because no. that, that was that was over at South Wall and South Wall. Yeah, I was the first one in the water. Yeah, and I uh, had to paddle across. I jumped off the wall, paddled across the channel to where the bank was. Yeah, and I no sooner got there than this. Massive bloody thing come up right beside me. I was on an eight. This is back when the board board was eight foot six. And oh, that thing was that helps every bit as long as what my board was. <laughs> and were you there by yourself or? Uh, the mate mates were 
up on the wall following me out, but they they, they saw it and they're yelling out, shark, yeah? Yeah. I'm going, yeah, no, no not much like bloody to it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, bolt back to the wall? No, no, I had this weird notion then if you hang where the waves are breaking, the sharks don't come into broken water. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> no science behind that. But no, there's no science behind that. <laughs> no, no, for sure. No. Work that day though. Yeah, yeah, for some reason or other that fella said, no, this guy's... <laughs> Yeah, and you kept surfing that day. Did yeah, yeah. We, we and they come out too, which is because it was a big bloody shark. It was brown, so I, I can distinctly remember the brown, and it was as long as the board I'm on. So I think it was a big bronzy, but um, yeah, right. Because had it had a big round nose on it, like a bull shark, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bull shark. Yeah, I mean they've had a pretty bad run just recently the, up that area with sharks again. They had a real bad run about five years ago, and. And they yeah. put in all those drum lines and did a lot of stuff and, and then they just sort of had another bad run. Um, was there, in those early days, I mean, obviously so so many, uh, so many, much less people in the water, so interactions would have obviously been a, a lot less, but um, was there any serious attacks in the early days up there? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah. We were, um, we were surfing Lennox one morning. One, yeah, one morning it was... I can't remember just what time of the year it was, but it was it was reasonably solid, but like a lazy swell, um, a sort of east swell. So there's sort of lots of ways, but um, but it smelt fishy. We're out yeah. there, and I don't know if you've ever been in the ocean when it smells fishy. Oh yeah, yeah. And the this, salmon do it. Like yeah, big schools of salmon make it fishy. What's the ones over there that do it? Uh, mullet. Mullet. That's yeah. it. I remember seeing huge schools of them at Lennox, and and they have that real oily sort of. Yeah. Smell about them, don't they? Well, well, well it's um, well, this day it smelt really fishy, and I remember paddling for a wave, trying to get onto it, and um, Gunter on uh, Shaper, he's, oh, yeah. he's a good mate of mine. He's, he's he's paddling for it too beside me. Yeah, and we both get right to the point of dropping down it. Yeah, and we look down, it's <laughs> this freaking shark just charged straight across, chasing fish right. Yeah, at the bottom of the wave, underneath it. Yeah. And it was a pretty big shark. And so, so there goes that he, um, shark in breaking water fucking theory right there. He looked at me. I looked at him. And go, <laughs> I think I said, no, I was just feeling a bit sharky out here. I think it might be time to head in. Yeah. We did. And then later that day, uh, um, a guy got hit. And it turned out it was, big, it was a great white that hit uh -huh. him. But miracle, miracles happened. He um, was paddling back out. And as his arm went there, the shark came in. Its nose hit him and pushed him off the board, and and it, and it just took a massive, the big bloody half moon out of his board, and it yeah, was right. huge. Wow! So that guy retired from surfing that day. <laughs> Did he? he didn't surf again? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah well, shark stories. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, we could yeah, we could could do episodes on them, but uh, mate, yeah. it, it was definitely a part of. Yeah. And, and still is a part of that era, uh, of that area in specific. So we had to at least uh, cross a cross a notion there. But mate, um, the road trips in that what you had your little zone there. When did you start sort of branching out further, and, and where did you go? Um, I moved to Brisbane and went to uni for a year. Oh yeah, and got to got to experience Queensland for a while. Yeah, had you been? To Queensland previous to that surfing, so uh, it's not that far. I've been to the Gold Coast, yeah. I used I to do a lot of time up there, but um, so you used to do runs up to Snapper and Kira and stuff. Yeah, Burley. Yeah, and um, yeah, I remember Corumban and Burley, Kira, Green Mountain, and Snapper 
wasn't didn't actually even used to work way back in the early years. Yeah, right. Um, but was it living in Brisbane? The Brisbane guys put me onto it had to be the best secret in, ever in Australia. I couldn't right. believe it. They taught me into doing this trip with them over to North Straprope. Right. And I, you know, we scored absolute perfection. Yep. And never heard of it. And to, to nobody had, you know, nobody seemed to know anything about it. And it was just a, a really well kept secret. And yep. Is that that all those beaches, or is there something else like the the Peaky Beachy? No, no, that's South Stradbroke. Oh, that's South Stradbroke. Right. No, North Stradbroke is where the island does a right angle, so it's a total setup like Byron Bay all over again. And there's a beach there called Cylinder Beach. You didn't want to name it, did you? I could no. see you refraining, but I got it out. Oh of you. well, it's, <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. No, no, it's, yeah. it's there. It's on the on the map of surfing spots of Australia. Yep. Yeah, but seeing that for the first time because it's it's it was it was like a mixture of the the past running through Kira, yeah, right. and Burley thrown. It was like a combination of all three of those points. And um, awesome, yeah. And um, how did you get there in those days? It was a, you had to book a ferry across there. So um, put your car on there. Yeah, yeah. Did you need a four wheel drive to get to those? No, spots no, or? you didn't need a four wheel drive. Nobody yeah, had no, four wheel no drives back then. Yeah, yeah, the Kingswood wagon four wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and just, we'd just camp out there on the on the cylinder point, and yeah, right. Yeah, it was it was another one of those just little holiday towns. There would be nobody, nobody yeah. there if it wasn't holiday times. Just a a post office and a pub, and um, you got some pretty mind blowing tubes out there. Yeah, so I can still still see him in my <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> yeah, because was... the wave starts up on the corner of the island at a, a group of rocks called Widowmaker Rocks. Yep. And then it comes all the way along this, uh, the first beach, which is called Dead Man's. I don't know how it got that name. Yep. But then it hits. Widowmakers, Dead Man's. Widowmakers. <laughs> and then it hits the cylinder headland, the yep. back of it. And there's the sand spit there, drains out super shallow. So it does a, does a rabbit hill. Yeah, You're right. back to a rabbit hill. And then it just grows and accelerates. And then it wraps around the. the as it wraps around the headland, the, the barrel comes back at you. Yeah. It stops and it comes back and you come flying out and then lines up and winds off down the line down in front of the pub. And How long are we talking? Roughly 500 metres, 400? Uh, yeah, I'd say so, 500 metres. Wow. You, you, you come in, you walk all the way back, maybe even more. Because really? a lot of times if you don't make it through dead man's, you just wait till another one comes along. Yeah. So... The best ones are the ones you get that does just go the whole way. But was sometimes there a lot of sweep. I know a lot of those point breaks had a lot of sweep. Sometimes did you just always walk around or did you paddle yeah, back? Yeah, no, or? you had you had to walk back. Yeah, there's always a sweep coming down that bank. Yeah, was yeah. It wasn't hideous, but um, yeah, you didn't want to paddle all the way back. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, mate, I guess you didn't need wetsuits and stuff in uh, maybe in winter. It's nice to have something. But um, what were you running? In those sort of early years, there just to keep in winter and summer, probably you didn't need anything at all. Uh, no, well, it was a bit like Bradgy's story. The early days down Ballina, it was cut off old footy footy jumper and that. Yep. But did yeah. you wear the dishwashing gloves like Bradsy? No, the water wasn't cold. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a New Zealand thing that one. <laughs> no, but Queensland, all you ever need. Is a short sleeve vest. You don't need steamers up there because the water temperature is so warm. Yeah, and Lennox is the same. Low 
mind you, there's sometimes you need a, a steamer at Lennox. Yeah, the wind gets a little the, cold there. The freezing cold subtleties, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. So you, um, so you got up there when you were doing uni. When you were going to Kira and stuff, were you just doing like day trips or, or were you doing little three-day trips or how did it work? Um, and, and bit, did of, you- bit, of, bit of both. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them would be just day trips because it wasn't – it only took us an hour to get there from where we were living out the back of Brisbane and that just... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you do runs to southeast Queensland when you were still in Lismore and that or not? didn't need to really? Didn't have to. Yeah. No, no, no you didn't. You would... Because uh, there wasn't the media like you got now, so you, you didn't have all that publicity and couldn't look up a surf cam and see what's going on. Yeah, well, I was actually just about to ask you, what did you used to do as far as trying to work out but the where to go doing. for a surf and, and where you're going to, you know, is it worth driving up to Queensland for a couple of days or you just went, oh, fuck, we're just going anyway, who cares sort of thing? Yeah, well, the, all you had then was the daily paper and it'd have a weather map in it, the yep. bomb weather map. Synoptic chart map. Yeah, I remember yep. we were heading off with my mates from, from Brisbane. We were heading, heading off down down to Ballon Bar and that for – it might have been an Easter break or something. It was a, it was a three-day break coming up. Yeah. And um, we got the map and we looked at it and said, oh, it's a bloody cyclone coming in on us. And we're in peak out traffic trying to get out of Brisbane heading south and it's starting to get really ugly rain and blowing a gale and, and just gridlock traffic. We said, oh, I reckon we're going the wrong way. Let's let's turn around, and go to Noosa. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we literally did, and got a clean run. No no traffic heading north. They're all heading south, and so we bailed up to, and got to um, ride it out, cyclone out up Noosa. So well, and that would have been like what six hours or something, I guess. Is it Noosa was no, it was used to be pretty well three hours from Brisbane. Now I think oh. it's only just a bit over. Oh, an hour. this is when you're in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and mate, tell us a little bit about Noosa back in those early days. Was it just Heaven I, on earth? No, nah, I've never had heaven on earth in Noosa. Haven't you? No. Nah, every, yeah. time, every time I've got there when it's good, it's like the crowds are unbelievable. It's like they're, they're already there, trapped there. and yeah. it's, it's the only place I've ever seen guys standing up along the stand bank, toe-to-toe punch-ups. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in the seventies when everyone's supposed yeah, to be free love. Yeah, this is free love. Seventies, yeah, yeah, no. Looking all stoned and no free punched. love in this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so they're standing in the water on the sandbar, just punching on. Yeah, I think there was three different lots. Like one, really? one just one pair. It was one, two, three. Well, at the same it, time. Yeah, because it's no a pr- pretty long bank. That's <laughs> 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 from Na- National Park going all the way down to Johnson's, and it's like low tide. It wasn't that wasn't very big that day, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of, That's a classic. Punching yeah. on. Yeah. Was there um, was there any punch ons back in the day at Lennox? Was it getting localized in that in in your era? No, I don't. Because it's pretty localized these days. Yeah, well, that that's 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 sad, really. Because not not it was always like you had to earn your respect out there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, no, nah, no, nah, I don't. Can't remember seeing any aggro back there. Probably part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like scared the shit out of Baz, but uh, he probably drowned him or something. Gave him the old Jody Cooper treatment. Yeah, remember hearing about that one a year or so ago? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty. Well, we, we, sorry, I did see a few ugly scenes up at Byron. 
Oh, yeah, at the pass. Yeah, but it was mainly just from those ones that think they own the bloody joint. Yeah. And then you go in and take your waves and they try to have a go at you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what was Byron like in those days as a town? Uh, It was pretty good. It was um, pretty laid, really laid back, probably similar to Margaret River, the main main street of Margaret River. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And... um, was it a fishing port as well and hippies just sort of moving in on the back of surfing or was it? Hippies weren't there then. It was mainly just surfers. Oh, yeah. Surfers. There was, there, was, there was a meat works there. There used to be a whaling station, but yep. that was it. And it was just a, hol- a holiday town. And yep. it's, um, yeah, I haven't been there for a while now, but everyone says you can't even get a park there. You can't, nah. can't even get, a, get in. The tra- traffic's yeah. gridlocked. Yeah, that's insane. All yeah. the way out to the highway. Yep, yep. No, definitely were there at the right time, mate, for sure. And, um, mate, the that whole morning of the earth era and all that, uh, I mean, when did that happen? How, how old were you roughly when that was going on around you? That's, that's we go back to that story with Gary, Terry Keys and that. Yep. They were in that, that was that farmhouse in that one, you know, where Simple Ben and, Oh, yeah. Dave Trelaw down there. Shaping that, that board. That's the old farmhouse down at Gary Palmer's Channel. Yep. Where um, Sade, my sister, she was with um, Gary, Gary Keys. They're, they're still together to this day. Oh, yeah. They lived in Margaret's for a long time. Now they live in Tassie. But they were in Sydney. They did the Great Escape from Sydney. We all moved up to the country soul area, got, yeah. out, got out of Sydney and went up yep. and ate carrot pies and <laughs> got a healthy lifestyle and yep. just surf. So organic free-range mushrooms yeah. in every paddock. I, I used to um, hitchhike down there from school because before I had a car and I'd spend weekends with them and yep. felt um, pretty uh, privileged hanging out with the likes of uh, who we have there, the Witzigs, oh, yeah. Paul Witzig, um, yep. George Grinnow, um, awesome. Rob Keneally, uh, yep. yeah, so, so were you probably what, like 16, 17 or something? I was like, that was only been 15, 16 oh, yeah. then, yeah. And so you're pretty much towing along and, and surfing in that same time. They're actually filming Morning of the Earth around you and stuff. Morning of the Earth was filmed a bit later. This is, this is when they filmed that Innermost Limits of oh, Pure yeah. Fun. Yep, yep. When George Grano was doing the, with the big camera on his back out surfing and Gary before dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. On, a, on a surf mat or on his kneeboard? No, it was, it was on his spoon, on his, oh, yeah. on his kneeboard, yeah. And, yeah. Um, getting, yeah that's, getting the first ever in-the-barrel footage, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, surfed there, Lennox and Broken Head. And um, yeah, right. if you ever get a chance, track him down and do a story with him, mate. Was, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the most interesting people you could ever possibly meet. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, I've read about him, obviously, in thousands of articles and everyone says what an interesting person he is, a bit of a... Cosmic genius and things like that. He's yeah, he's um very quietly spoken and quite introverted and well, I shouldn't say that, but um yeah, yeah, but got nothing but full respect for him. Yeah, yeah. His fishing stories are another another thing again really? as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you need to drag them out of him. They're just it's just amazing what that guy's done. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's still up there, isn't he? Kicking around up there. Yeah, somewhere. as far as I know, he's still living. He's built, he built a. A sort of pyramid treehouse behind Broken Head, yep. and um, it's, it's 
probably now got all movie stars beating his door down trying to buy it off him. Yeah, but. probably. <laughs> and they're not getting it until he's dead, are they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and did you shoot down at Angari in that much as well, did you? Yeah. Is that is that sort of the far as far south as you sort of used to go in those early days or yeah that was that was about an hour and a half south back then yep and yeah there's no reason to go any further because there's a long way onto the next any breaks that are decent south of angari yep um but angari that was really good ways there so yeah, it was seriously good. Had some good times there, did you? Had some great times there. Just the same sort of town, same sort of vibe as all Byron yeah. and Ballin are all in that sort yeah, of just, just fishing village, summer holiday. Yeah, and surfers, lot, lot like how it was here yeah. before the grapes took over, really. <laughs> and you said that it was surfers, not hippies, but where was the transition period when a lot of the surfers were hippies? I mean, it sort of almost went hand in hand a bit, didn't it? It did, that, that era of... Um, that country soul era, uh, the surfers went pretty well underground. That whole animal era, yeah. come about with di- totally disrespect authority. Vietnam War was on the on the go, and yeah, a lot of crew looked like getting called up to go to Vietnam, and so they sort of dis- disappeared up. Yeah, there. Dis- were you ever on the Vietnam radar? Yeah, radar? yeah, I was in the I was in the last ballot, right. um, and thankfully my number. Didn't come up. My birthday didn't come up, but we weren't going. I was the crew I was living with in, in Brisbane that we had an escape plan. Yeah, and, what we, was and it? we got drafted. What was the plan? We were going to bail out and, and go feral and live on Fraser Island. Fraser Island, is that the spot? Was it? <laughs> no yeah, one was getting you then. No, I wouldn't yeah. have found you, found you for 40 years up there. Yeah, right. Classic, but <laughs> no, it uh, didn't happen. Didn't happen, but I'm sure uh, you had mates around you that were. Probably did get called up and may or may not have gone. No, I had guys that went and yeah, um, guys that d- didn't come back or brothers. One of my good mates' brothers got killed over there. Yeah, it was strange because I was always pro. Yeah, you know, I was in cadets at school and I was just a real proud Aussie and that. Yeah, of course. But um, Vietnam changed all that because yeah. it was a war that shouldn't have been and shouldn't um, have had anything to do with us. Yeah, yeah and so I, I end up in all the darn riots in Queensland. Trying to stop the war. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you just had no information back then, really, either, did you? Like bugger all, so you couldn't make an, your own decision, really. So, no. The, the fact that you you guys all made your own decision with such limited resources at the time. Well, we were, we were pretty well following what all the um the young crew we were doing in America, all the yeah, all the students, and yeah, they went to have a university in the National Guard. Raids them and start shooting students. It's um, something's gone wrong with the society then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty much the same shit going on over there now. But anyway, let's not no, go down that no. path. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, mate. Um, okay, so all all those movies, a lot of movies came out, and that did you have actually, apart from sort of just kicking around as a as a grommy in the back of cruise cars, and that did you actually have anything to do with any of those movies at all? Did you never, never got a wave on any of them or? Not that I know of, mate. <laughs> yeah, a wipeout maybe or? <laughs> probably did, probably did a few wipeouts, Carry yeah. some tripods, nothing like that? <laughs> no, I, I used to do like you. I had my little Super 8 camera and yeah. a lot of times you'd get a surf in then you'd be sitting there on there filming everyone else oh, surfing. Yeah. So, yeah, but. Um, so you got some good Super 8 footage, don't you? 
we um, we yet to watch it. I did borrow the tape, and it's a VHS. And yeah, uh, but we're definitely going to watch that one day and have a couple of beers. And, it, it needs yes, some serious editing. Editing, you might end up with some good footage. Yeah, yeah sick. Um, all right, and mates, um, just before we move on from the northern New South Wales, it is renowned, uh, especially in those hedonistic surfing days, um, for you know surfing and living off the land and maybe may or may not have been smoking chillums and there was mushrooms growing in the fields and <laughs> is there any tall tales that maybe have that in twine that may or may not have happened up there that uh are worth mentioning i may have got no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was all part of that era for sure yeah. um didn't ever reach enlightenment on a three-footer out at a point break after some psilocybin <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate. I remember a mate tell told us about having to wander through this paddock behind Broken Head there, and yeah, these things were just sticking out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, some uh, yeah. some some inner some uh, innermost limits of pure fun were going down out there. I'm sure. Yeah. But, um. All right, mate. And what about? Uh, did you ever go down to Sydney and uh, those breaks? I mean, you were surely you didn't need to, but did you ever do it just for, you know, the bright likes and a bit of action? You're, you're a young male with a bit of blood pumping around the balls and probably wasn't many chicks <laughs> up in Ballina, I'm tipping. I don't know. Ba- Ballina was definitely boys' town. <laughs> <laughs> Asked my wife about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we first left high school, me and a group of mates, we did the bail out from Lismore, yeah. moved to Sydney, got on the train, or went down there and we yep, – we're gonna do the Sydney thing, but um, didn't even think about what you do for a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Just grab your board and a, and a backpack and off you went. And didn't even take a board. Just yeah. bloody packed a bag and went. But um, we ended up finding a a flat for rent in Paddington. Yeah, it was pretty ideal. It was only Where, and where's Paddington? That's right there near Kings Cross. In oh, the, oh, sweet. Yeah, I know Kings Cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Paddington's right next door. Um, this 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 house, the whole house, the guys thought it was pretty special because it was only twenty seven steps from our front door to the bar of a pub. <laughs> yeah, right. Sweet. <laughs> it's right next door, but. We could come up with one week's rent, but we couldn't come up with the bond. So we managed to bullshit our way into it. Yeah. And um, I think we, we lasted in there nearly two weeks before they kicked us <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there was no surfing. You were just young guys in the city just well, having a good time. In the city. No, I didn't, yeah. not even really having a good time. We had no money. So we're trying to get, <laughs> trying to get jobs and that. And got out of Sydney and I go, oh, Sydney, you can have it. And I, I never wanted to go back there. Yeah. And you just went back north again. Yeah. 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 No, Classic. No. See, that's what I think I did a trip over here when first trips. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, we'll get into um, your migration to the west uh, soon. But before we leave the east coast, um, your son Simon mentioned something about you lived in Burley for a point in time. Yeah. Um, when Michael Peterson was at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. That was um, yeah. That was sort of the end of my Queensland years. Ended up in a house right on the point at um, Hale Street, right on Burley Point. Sick. Pretty special, and oh, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you could hit it at like four o'clock in the morning. The first light and got a hell of a lot of unbelievably good surfs uncrowded. 
There's a common theme running here that you had a lot of incredibly good uncrowded surfs <laughs> yeah. throughout those first 15 years. Yeah, but they're you know, Burley's always crowded, always has been. Yeah. But once you know the, the tide cycles and you can get onto that um, low tide at four, 4 o'clock in the morning, that first, you know, if you go there at 7 o'clock, it's tides too high. Yeah, right. But for that first hour and a half of the tide coming up, yeah. that's it's seriously good. Yeah, because it's a lot more tidal over there than here in WA. Our yeah. tides don't do bugger all. But you can really. set, set your clock by it. Yeah. Had um, – had two experiences with Pete Townsend because I never got into surfing contests, but yep. remember once when we were still at school, I had to to get into the state rounds. I'd have schoolboys, schoolboy yep. rounds, and um, the North Coast schoolboy rounds was going to be at Evans Head. So all us, we all go down there, we're all entered in it, and um, our heat comes up. We pal out, and we've got this guy in there, Pete Townsend. Um, from the he's come down from Tweed Heads, the Gold Coast, because they didn't have a comp, comp, contest up there. Yep. And we he's in our heat, and we all paddle out, and so Evan said it's out off the bar, right? Yeah. Then we'll go out and surf in the bar and go. Where did where did Pete get to? <laughs> yeah. Didn't see it. And we're out there surfing that, and we come in, and um, turns out he wins the heat because he. He just surfed a shore break straight in front of the of the judges. <laughs> oh, that old trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're out the back, and um, yeah, my, my mate got second, and I got a third to him. And um, so you got third to Pete Townsend, who was technically the first world champion of the new yeah. in seventy six or seventy seven when the when the tour sort of finally became a professional thing. But I got ended up getting to surf with him, just only him in the water and myself. On absolute perfect burly, yeah, it was one of these massive big cyclone swells that came down. It came hit on a Sunday, totally destroyed everything on a Sunday. It was just big and out of control. Yep. No, sorry, on a Saturday, Sunday morning, everyone thinks it's going to be perfect. The car park's packed, and it's just a washing machine. Just the swell had vanished. It's just this horrible washing machine. Yeah, comes the Monday morning, I'm up. I get down to the to the absolute dawny. This is back when most people actually worked on Mondays too. Yeah, I had a, I had a job, but um, oh, yeah. this was like four o'clock. So, oh, yeah. um, get down there and it was just Pete Townsend and myself, just the two of us, oh. from and that was going from out the back of the cove, all the way through to down past the bars. The bars are where that. Those restaurants are now down on the inside. Yeah, right. And nothing out of place, just perfect corduroy oh, lines at six like to eight feet. Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> Sounds insane. We didn't, we'd only, we'd never out the back at the same time. Oh, it was no, like, no. It's just like, you wouldn't, see, you wouldn't yeah. see each other at all in a, in a lineup like that. And then I think chance. one other guy came out, so it was just three of us for a long time and then Sick. went and get to work and then that ended up turning out to be all time, an all time day. But it got absolutely crowded as the day went on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what about Michael Peterson? Did you ever see him in action much around there? Yeah, I used to see him a lot because he was he was really um, kept to himself. Even with his mates, he sort of just did his whole thing. And um, well, the, probably yeah, he'd be out at Burley quite quite a bit because that was be crowded out there. Him and his brother and yeah, and the Nielsens. Um, but. Had him down at Boulders there once on a good day, oh, yeah. but he, he was he was he was never hassled, never dropped in on anyone. But he always got the best ways. He yeah. he just knew he knew the ocean. He just knew where it was going to pop up, and he'd just be there. And um, 
Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but probably didn't get many words out of him, I guess. I never spoke to him. No. 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 Was he an intimidating figure or just aloof? No, just just um, yeah. I, I admired him, and he he wasn't intimidating, but well, he probably was, but. He had that angry look. Everyone had that angry look back then. <laughs> <laughs> As Baz mentioned. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, mate. Well, um, I think we're probably done on the uh, on the northern New South Wales coast there. Uh, so maybe let's just take a quick break. We'll refill our uh, glasses here um, and we'll get back into it in a split second. Hi, my name is Jeremy Flores and you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. Sounds good. I feel like a bit of a cheeky monkey <laughs> after a couple of cheeky monkeys. <laughs> okay, so we're uh, back from our quick um, drinks break there. Uh, I know that uh, uh, we said we were going to move on to the West Coast, but uh, whilst chatting there and uh, draining the lizard with my good friend Steve <laughs> Barrett, uh, we decided there was a couple more small things we're going to talk about in the East Coast before we uh, wash our hands of it. You're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. You're in the shed here with Adzi and Steve. And um, he's telling us uh, a ripper tale, which is uh, all about him growing up as a surfer in the 60s and 70s and onwards. So, mates, we were about to jump back to the West Coast, um, which is where we are now and and where you've been for a long time. But just before we do that, um, you mentioned that you were involved in starting what's known as Le Bar, which is short for Lennox Ballina Board Riders, which is one of the strongest board riders in the the country, I'm pretty sure. And... um, you were there at the early days there. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, that that was about 1980. I think that's um, Brad and Phil Myers, two brothers from Lismore. got the, the free flight Yeah, surfboards. free flight surfboards. Yep. The idea of doing because what, what we're finding was the young kids around uh, Ballina and Lennox didn't really know who the older local guys were because every weekend we'd just get absolutely overrun with mobs coming down from Queensland and so a way for them to be able to get more waves in the water for, and for the local guys to sort of chaperone them a bit, Yep. we thought, you know, we could start this a club up so that the young guys would get to know who the older guys were. Yep. It wasn't so much a localism thing, although I think it's probably grown to that, but and it worked a treat. And then coming here to WA, I think I got approached by Simon Fossilo and Courtney Gray and forget that they wanted to start up one here yep. in, in Yells and that's back in the early 90s Yep. and that's where yelling up board riders started under the same sort of theme and I was able to just give them a bit of mentoring and help with the sorting out finances to get it up and running and it's, yeah, right. it's done nothing but grow from that day on, and it's, I'm really proud to see that. So, And you're a life member too, I believe. I think I was yeah, there that I... night when you got awarded. <laughs> I was pretty young and in the area. It was a piss-up yeah, well, just I down the bottom of the paddock here somewhere. And you I don't, I'm not sure how I got that because I don't think I've ever surfed in the contest yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. No. Um, so how old were you roughly in 1980 when you started Le Bar Board Ride? You obviously a- I didn't start. I was just one of the founding members. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Um, how old was I? Good, good question. Roughly. Uh, uh, 30, yeah. Oh, no. 30? So you were still over 28, there? 28, 28. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're still on the East Coast uh, all yeah. through your 20s? Yeah. 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 And um, 
And so, mate, obviously by then you were, uh, mate, at, at that stage in the game, that was like you're an ancient surfer, <laughs> really. People used to retire from surfing in 31, didn't they, back in the day? But um, it was... A, I don't but, know, uh, mate. They, always, they seem to be up around the 80s these days. Yeah, so. I know. They do. That's these days. But... Um, so you would have been a, a you would have been a, a sort of at the top of the hierarchy at the point I guess in those days wouldn't you in your, in your mid twenties and I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that <laughs> but I was I was one of the, one of the boys that had you know I was good friends with all the guys that um, that had the respect for the point and were game to charge it so yep yep and you were one of them so yeah, yeah when, when it got good yeah 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 it was definitely seriously good way what's the biggest you reckon you actually ever surf Lennox. I've been out there when there has been fifteen footers come through. Wow! From the northeast, from um, the northeast, from a cyclone, from a cyclone swell. Yeah, like the cyclone may have been, yeah, out near Fiji or somewhere. But yeah, um, right. Nothing out of place, just perfect conditions. Wow! It's coming straight at it. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of board would you have been riding then? I think I was single fin, around seven foot. Seven foot is that all on a fifteen foot day? Yeah, well, Please they could, tell they me you had a that day, Steve. Did you have a leggy yeah, that day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leggies are well, they're pretty basic leggies, but yeah. um, yeah, no, they were in. Yeah, yeah, classic. And um, mates, uh, obviously, probably once you got into your twenties or something, you you started to branch out a bit more. You you did some runs down the south coast at all, south of Sydney, or I not- I did. I, well, I with my girlfriend at the time. Um, Cover your ears, Shaz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mandy Hall. Hi, Mandy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we headed off, and we we're actually going to go all the way to Western Australia around the around the coast, around the bottom. But um, yeah, but travelling with a surfer, all he wants to do is surf waves, and it yeah. gets a bit of a hard life on the road, I think. So, but we found some fantastic uh, waves. Yeah. Only trouble is, you didn't have anyone to surf them with, and um, so yeah. you're surfing a lot of. Pretty spooky spots on your own. Yeah, and they're a bit heavier down there. They're a bit more reefy, a bit more slabby. The water's a bit colder. It's a bit darker. Not it's, like the you've perfect got aqua blue sand bottom peelers that you grew up on up there. So yeah, it would some, have been intimidating. But some perfect ways all the same. But uh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, So, but it w- was never in a hurry to move on. You find these plots and we just stay there. So, yeah. Um, Aladala, that was a great. Um, spot to base from because you get a bit of a trip up north there up around Aussie Pipe or south down around Dolphin Point and the likes. But yep. yeah, yeah, cool. And how far did you make it on that trip? I uh, got as far as the Victorian border pretty well, Eden. Oh, yeah. Um, but I didn't know where the ways were and I'd heard about them and I'd be heading off these up these horrible corrugated tracks for <laughs> hours yeah. and – no and GPS, no and then, phones, no, no, and then, no help. No, and then no. ended up giving up, turned around, come back, and then found out you're only only another <laughs> kilometre, and you would have been there <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. back to Ulladulla. Yeah, not to mention you wouldn't have had any idea of the right conditions that were needed, and oh. you probably knew you're offshores, but that was about it. New South Wales coast is it's a strange one because it, it basically runs north south, but as it gets north of Angari. It curls out to the east, yeah. So you get a lot of absolute straight, subtly swells, and they totally miss the, the whole coast, and they don't hit until they hit Balna. So yeah, yeah. So it was like you see that you get down the south coast, you just see these massive swells just going past, just heading north. Yeah, right. 
So you go, well, I think we're in the wrong part of the country. <laughs> and, mate, um, with all the cyclone swells, which were obviously highly coveted, um, mate, everyone knows that southeast Queensland in particular, and it's called the Northern Rivers. It's a tropical area. Um, is there any sort of specific cyclones that were really crazy to experience or floods or anything like that that really stick out? I was on the Gold Coast when, at that time, it was the biggest cyclone ever recorded off the east coast. Right. And it stayed it stayed out to sea. It stayed 500 miles out to sea. Which and is perfect it, for a surfer, really. And all it? it did was generated a hideous big swell and the winds were offshore. But at that same time, there was a freak line-up of planets and it, um, I think, you know, these three planets had lined up and it, so it put it an extra four foot on, or an extra three foot on the king on the tide. Yep. The king tide instead of being six foot was nine foot. Right. And then this huge, huge big cyclone had put a four foot storm, storm surge on top of that. Yeah, right. So all of a sudden the Gold Coast got hit by thirteen foot tides. Wow. There with, were, with big swell. With a massive big swell. This yep. there were waves. Kira was like. Solid twelve foot, and nobody surfing. It was just barreling past. The whole groin was going underwater. Yeah, right. The waves were hitting the road, hitting uh, all along that groin, just past the surf club, and going across the road into the shops on the other side of the the road, across the highway. Yeah, and um, yeah, but a few cried crew tried to surf. There's a big bombing out of Kira. Oh yeah, and um. And one of the guys came, you coming out there? I said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I, I powered it out. But they, they yeah. knew them how to go and they, they had to wait up on the road. I know you've been around Kira Point uh, yeah. where the groin is. So they were waiting up on the on the road because yeah. the whole groin's going underwater in the sets. Oh, shit. And they had to, had to jump off the groin to get out. Yeah. So they're waiting on there for a lull, ra- racing down, jumping off the groin and then trying to punch out through it and wow. then get right out to the, the bombing that's sort of – to the northeast of, um, well, it's to, to, to the north, Garrett. And yeah, I think that was when um, it was uh, one of the Nielsen's. Yeah, he he, he 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 slipped up on the groin and went down in it and broke a bloody leg. They had to rescue him out oh, of there. Crikey. It was It was scary. That yeah. was, yeah. And, um, and, and did you get floods in Lismore or was that more a southeast Queensland thing from those cyclones? No, we got massive big floods. Um, I was that was seventy four. I was living down at. I was camping down at Angari, and yeah. we'd done a dash to Byron because there was a cyclone coming in, and then the rain started, and it was surfers out of control. Anyway, I said, "We better make the dash, or we're not going to get back." Yep. But we got totally so roads would get cut off and stuff to certain places. We got completely cut off out on the highway. Trying to get back to where you turn off to go into um, Yamber and Gary. Yep. And um, we're going. Well, we're stuck on the on the bridge, and, right. and you, the whole way in there, it's just all underwater. And we're going. Well, we can't stay in here. It's it's, it's it was only about two foot deep over the road going in there. So we said, we're going to just have to go for it. Otherwise, we'll be stuck here for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. It was like 20, 20 k's along the. The road that follows the river in there, and it was just two foot deep on the road the whole time. Yeah, I had, I had two. I had a hole, hole, and 
panel van, FC panel van or something. Oh, two see. guys with me, they were standing on the back corners of it. Yeah. I'm in the front driving it. We had a towel over the bonnet to stop the water going in. <laughs> right. We had the distributor cap plastic bags and taped on. Did you? Oh, so you put a bit of effort in. That's cool. Yeah, we and knew. what it. were the guys doing on the corners of the panel van? Keeping the back wheels off from floating off the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they were weighing it down. Yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm driving. i got water in, in here. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we get there and we're finally the last straight coming into Yamba. Yeah. There's all these people there yeah, yelling and cheering us on. Oh, really? And we're going for it. And then about the, we had about 80 metres to go or so and... Boom, I went into a deep hole and the water came straight back up over the bonnet to the windscreen. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and it just died. And but it they stopped? All, the car yeah, stopped. but they all came wading in and, and pushed us out. So And did it did it start again? Yeah, once we go to the other side, just to dry out again because it was a holding, mate. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. We ended up stuck in. It was, wasn't a bad place to be stuck for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty good to me, every, yeah. Everywhere else used to just get cut off back then once it flooded. So. Oh, man, it's just so exciting all these point breaks and cyclones for someone like me who grew up reading all the magazines and the movies where 80% of what you saw was over there. But I just never experienced it because I grew up in West Australia and we just don't get that, you know. So, yeah, it's just um, – I mean, I've been over there for a couple of little um, – like what do they call them east coast lows and almost cyclones and that but geez i'd, I'd love to bunker down for three weeks and just cop a full-blown cyclone which is <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty good one day mate one day but uh i'll get there the east but, coast lows are better are <laughs> yeah the cyclones are ugly yeah yeah right yeah and um okay mate so i reckon we're pretty good now even though i said that before on the east coast but uh you did mention um you got good waves in new zealand uh once upon a time what sort of era was that that was one you're still on the east coast i guess yeah that was still the early 70s just a trip lived over there did six months stint over there got, oh did you yeah scored um nice work bro place up on, <laughs> that's why that's why i got on got, got on good with the kiwis they're good crew yeah for sure yeah work with them i work with them lived and work with them and um and surf with them and I got some seriously good waves up there. And you took your board, obviously, or did you just get one over there? No, no, I took it. Uh, yep. Yeah. What What did you do for a wetsuit? Would have been a bit of a shock to the system. Uh, no, I think I only had a short sleeve vest. Yeah, right. No, it was, you were um, on the South Island. No, obviously. this is North Island. This is up yeah. on the Coromandel. So it's it's the water was cold, but it wasn't anything like the um, South Island. Yeah, no. right. Yeah. Okay, so... um. Mate, uh, when did you first come to West Australia? Because that's where we're sitting now and you've been here a really long time. So how the hell did you end up here, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck did you leave? All those perfect, warm, sandy, blue 500-metre drain pipes. That's what I want to know. Well, you just don't see anywhere else in the world, I don't think, where all through summer it blows offshore every morning and onshore every afternoon. So yep. the swell's always going to be there and yeah, um we get swell all year round and you got the cleanest brushed offshore waves like you don't get that on the east coast like, you, you will get it but most nine times out of ten it's side shore or onshore or you know something ugly going on with it but yeah right yeah yeah and so, so what when was the first trip over here first trip 1970 right um by train stan with Nanti in Perth, met up with, got to know local guys up there, and they brought me for a trip down 
south here and that's and and who did you come over with on the train what was the purpose of that trip that that was my folks that my dad was coming over to see his sister and um yep it was the first year the indian pacific ran which is the train that crosses the continent yeah it went yep. direct from sydney to all the way to perth oh yeah um so that was an adventure saying um i was at a loose end was about to start uni and he said oh well, why don't you come over here for a month and i said perfect i'm into it and um, we did, and in Perth, I brought brought my board with me, but oh, there was wasn't much surf to be seen in Perth. No, mate, perfect after, offshore winds, and <laughs> not after growing up in no. Lennox Head and Byron Bay, you would have been pretty, de- pretty sta- yeah dis- sta- disappointed with the beaches in Perth. I would have thought staying at Cottesloe. I got, I got to surf Trig a couple of times. That was fun, but oh, yeah, Trig Point. Yeah, you're looking at it going, "Where's the point?" Yeah. Probably. <laughs> no, that was actually a good wave, but it was only small. Yeah, but guys, I got to know at uh, Cottesloe said hey, jump in with us and we will head off down south. We did a couple of weekend trips down here with them, and yeah, wow, that was just opened my eyes up totally. Yeah, what, right. what's, what's going on over here? So, how long was that holiday? That was just a month. That was just all of January. So you did pretty well to sort of just in a month's time meet up with a couple of guys and take off down here and stuff. It all yeah happened yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's. That was, that what was, was it? What was the first wave you laid your eyes on down south here? Okay, we what you did then? You drove to Yelling up. Well, so they didn't didn't head down till after a big Friday night in Perth. Yeah. So after after that after the pub after, you got, after you got booted out of the pub, you got in the car and drove straight down. <laughs> so it was a pretty pickled trip down, full of tequila, <laughs> <laughs> and um, got to everyone camped behind the Dunny Block at Yelling up. Yep. And uh, that seemed to be where everyone stayed. And then next we woke up. Is that the same Dunny Block that's there now? Is it always no, been, no, 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 no. The, the Dunny Block is where the picnic tables are oh, okay. now. Yeah. Um, and the, there was like a sand gym between there and the the beach because um, we wake up in the morning and these guys wandered up to the sand gym and looked out there and I really couldn't work out what was going on at Yelling Up. It looked like, looked like it should be a left. Yeah. But it looked like it was... Neither. It was like a horrible close out mucked up looking thing. It was offshore, but yeah, it was obviously a south swell in summer. Yeah, yeah, they, you, yeah. you nailed it. And um, <laughs> they go, all right. So we drove from there down to Margaret River. Oh, yeah. The river mouth. And not, the, um, yeah, Margaret River. And yeah, I pulled up and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It uh-huh. was just, to me, it was eight to 10 foot A frame peaks. Yeah. And I, I'm just jumping out straight out, starting to untie the boards off the roof of the car yeah and these guys go going what are you doing I said, well we're out there aren't we <laughs> and they go no nah, it's too crowded there would have been five guys out there <laughs> and i go too crowded are you serious yeah it's too crowded <laughs> I, I reckon they just didn't want to go out yeah. there mate. <laughs> so what happened where did, where, did they oh, take you to a less crowded spot or did you yeah out? yeah drove i think we ended up surfing at north point oh yeah um which north point was probably about four foot it yep. was fun yeah um but Margaret's just looked perfect. Yeah, right. But man, this was before leg ropes too, so oh, okay. yeah, I could understand off. sort of yeah. not um, jumping in there. But yeah. over the next few days, we sort of surf breaks up and down the whole lot. Yeah, lot. right. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. So you were going back to Perth and and just like, wow, how's this <laughs> joint down here? And yeah. I mean, had uh, – had anyone ever talked about it in your surfing community on the East Coast about no. these waves in Margaret River? No, not N- back Never then. even heard about no. it at all? No. Not a drop? No. It did. 
I think after I got back, I think they they might have had an Australian titles here in seventy one or seventy two, where a couple of the I think the the Myers has come over here, Brad and Phil, because oh, yeah. uh, they met, they got to know George Simpson then. Yep. Um, but no, nobody didn't 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 get a mention. And um, okay, so you did that, and then obviously you went back and and did because you were still young. Came over with the family and stuff. When did uh, when did you come back? How long was it? Ah, uh, seventy five. Because I was just before I met my wife and that. Um, Two mates, I said, oh, we've got to do, got to come over there. So you've been telling them about the waves in Margie's? Yeah, you know, let's yeah. Let's do a road trip. So we did totally did the road trip. Just, I think I was doing an apprenticeship at the time, and um, as a chippy, yeah, and come knocked off a week before Christmas, and mate, we had it all holding it all ready to go, and just hit yeah. the road and pointed it west. And did you beeline it straight here, or did you stop at Victoria and Cactus? And we stopped at Cactus. Yeah. Everyone stopped at Cactus back then. Not yeah. non-stop from from Ballina to Cactus, and then we get got to Cactus late in the afternoon, and it's sort of offshore, and it's like five to six foot waves breaking at outside castles. Oh, yeah. Not a surfer to be seen anywhere. Yeah. So, so we're out there, and we, have you surfed cactus? I have, yeah, but I'm not going to outside castles. <laughs> no, we're out we there. All, anyone who knows about cactus is if you want to get eaten by a shark, you surf outside castles. Basically. Yeah, well, we didn't, we didn't have a clue what we're doing. We're out surfing outside castles and going, the waves were they were okay. They weren't, yeah, you know, to rave about. It was clean. It was offshore. And going, was caves no good? Because I mean, that's what no, it to because the wind was oh, a yeah. bit southeast. Okay. You know, so it was, yeah, yeah. it was offshore at castles but sort of blowing into caves yeah um and 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 did you know it had a reputation for sharks then or probably not sort of a little bit but, but not you really. didn't have any of the stuff you had now letting you know so. yeah yeah so you're just like oh it's just another piece of ocean we're out there yeah mind you because there's three of us and the other two guys bailed out real quick and i'm left sitting out there on my own oh, shit, yes. and I'm going, i don't think i'm enjoying this yeah <laughs> So you stayed there a couple of days or something, did you? Just a couple of days and we... Get some good surf in the end or...? Ne- never got caves. No. I'm glad I never got caves. Why? Because now, now I never want to go back there. Yeah. If I, I would have got it, I probably would have wanted to go back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, had, I had a pretty good surf at caves um, on New Year's Eve a, a few years back, actually, just me and one dude. It yeah. was uh, quite nice. But uh, anyway... So you stopped the cactus, got some uh, quality waves, and then uh, no, not that quality waves. But did you stop anywhere else from nah. cactus, or was it just a beeline? No, nah, it was just beeline straight through to Margies, and yeah, and then did you go to Perth and then down to Margies, or come through the bottom? Uh, no, I think we came through the middle somehow. Yeah, I really can't remember. Yeah, um, enough. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a road map, so it probably would have come around the bottom through. Um, Albany, yeah. 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 So we went through Esperance, Albany. Oh, yeah. You didn't stop and look for surf anywhere there? No. No. It was, um, it was no, so we, re- we just wanted to get here. It was so remote then, too. I mean, you still need cold. four drives to get everywhere down there. And, you know, as you say, four drives are thin on the ground. So, wouldn't have been uh, much point in, in driving around looking for no. waves then, I guess. So, you came straight to Margie's and posted up for, what, a few weeks? Set up camp at Preveley. It was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was great. Good waves, got weighty waves every day. It just did exactly what I remember it did. It's offshore every morning, yeah, onshore every afternoon. And were your mates blown away by the extra power, or was it noticeable the power difference? Or yeah, they they um they they don't they enjoyed it too. It's um 
Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, so I had Super 8 camera, filmed all that one. So oh, did you? Got a lot of old footage hanging on there. Of, it was Tony Hardy back oh, yeah. in the day there and Craig Betnay. They were the oh, yeah. they were the two legends from here back then. So Yeah, classic. Yeah, well, yeah. was Stewie, his younger brother, still surfing out at Yells all the time? Um, I, I don't remember Yells. We didn't surf Yells at all. Yeah. It was all Margaret River, I think. North Point a few times. Um, yep, South Point probably a lot. Nah, I never no. liked South Point. Didn't um, <clears throat> And didn't know about left-handers. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bummer. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Injies probably, I guess. And yeah, I might have got a battle out there. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed to be at Margaret River all the time. Oh, yeah. Cool. And, um, yeah, cool. So I was about to ask you who were the some of the characters around here at that time. So you reeled off a, a couple there. Well, my sister had moved here because oh, yeah. her and Gary, I think after their stint at Angari, they went and lived in New Zealand for a while and then out in the Pacific Islands and they come back and asked me about WA. Yeah. And I said, pretty bloody good. So yeah, they ended up moving to Margaret River. Must have been, it was before that, must have been about 73 or 4. Oh, yeah. Um, with Rob Keneally, Bonza. Yeah. Um, I got one of his boards right there, that big white yeah. one with the blue fins of Rob Keneally. Awesome. It's yeah. a ripper. Yeah. 7.6, yes. singly. So, the, the, so he was around, yeah. So he, you, you knew him from back yeah. over east. And, yeah, um, he was back from the early days of going down to Angari. And, and was there any just mad dog Margaret River dudes kicking around that we were pretty wild and feral or was everyone uh, was mostly the surfers who uh, were I think on a bit of a mission? The, the legend, probably still is the legend, was Camel. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was around even in those days, was he? Well, he was, well, he was when we moved back over here. I know that because oh, yeah. we ended up moving over. That was 83. No, no, we did. I did another trip with my wife before we moved over here. So 75, 78 or 9 and then moved over in 83. So, yeah. so where did uh, – mate, Shaz has had a few mentions about time we got into that. Um, uh, where did you meet Shaz? Ah, uh, she stumbled into Boys Town. Oh, stumbled into Ballina. <laughs> Hot to trot and uh, there was Steve-O just blue-balling yeah. off his head and thought, I'll better talk to this woman. Fast or you last in Ballina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, what year was that, um, It must have been 78, I think, because I think she said she was here for Cyclone Albie, whenever that hit. Oh, yeah, um, that was 78, wasn't it? Yeah, well, she yeah. came over just after that. So. Okay. And what was she doing this holiday? No, she just turned up up there with um, a girlfriend from Terrigal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Where'd you meet her? Down the pub or down the beach? Uh, well, beach first, but then at the pub, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, so you'd already been to WA, yeah. had a bit, of a, a bit of a soft spot for it, and then met this bird... And she was from WA, obviously. Yeah, yep, yep. So and I was never going to move back here permanently. It was always just going to be a five-year trip. Is that what the plan was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway. So you did a couple trips out here um, and then you met Shaz and then you said, okay, and then you sort of hooked up and started dating and and what said, let's go hang out in Margie's for five years or something. Was that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we did we did one or two trips. No, we did one trip over and back to just see her family and that. And then we had uh, Simon came along. and um, Simon's your firstborn son? Yeah, and Ballina was getting a bit ugly in that era. And that Why is that? Early, we had a lot of 
Um, oh, don't like to too rude, but um, a lot of crew sort of moved up from Sydney that were a bit scratchy, like yeah. heroin hit, started hit, turning up in town and that, and uh, a lot of thieving yep. going on. And yep. it was yep. just starting to get ugly and not looking like the best spot to bring your kid up for a while. Yeah, right. Uh, that changed, but um, yeah, which right, would have been a bit of a shock to such an idyllic surf fishing town to. Yeah, that seedy was, element rolling. It, it was just progress, just yeah. rolling over. It's like what happens here, mate. Same thing. Yep. And so we thought, well, it's a good time to do it. So, so, so you had um, Simon in Ballina. Yeah. And then shipped off over here when he was uh, pretty young, in like eighty three or something. It was one. Yeah. Yeah. And w- what did you do? Did you move straight to Margie's? Uh we stayed my sister's place down there. She had a little cabin on their block. Got a managed to find a little bit of work, and then we got um, got offered that house up here, the A frames at Smith's Beach. Oh yeah, where we pulled apart in the building now for. Oh, oh, is that right? You lived there back in the day. Yeah, we'd... yeah. Just for those that don't know, Steve's a, a builder now. Obviously, you were a chippy back then. You've been a builder for some time. Um, I, I do the plumbing on uh, some of Steve's jobs, and at the moment we're just doing this incredibly massive house on an unbelievably uh idyllic block at the top of smith's beach right on the hill looking all the way up the coast and and it's a huge house it's a you know it's a thumper probably i don't know is it a few million bucks worth of build or something is it <sighs> it's a couple of bucks yeah um. <laughs> <laughs> the block's probably worth 10 or 20 yeah and, uh, yeah it's a it's a big build but anyway so you, i didn't realize you had history with that and you lived in the little shack there yeah that's what yeah right that's oh, pretty cool. it was a house and um yeah, we were in it when it came on the market and I was trying to find crew to come in with us to buy it, mate. Yeah, right. But no, nah, we couldn't afford it then. Yeah, fair enough. So you were, what, just doing chippy work when you came over here? Is that what happened? Yeah. I just, mean, there wasn't a lot of building going on back then, was not No, I think in Margaret River, the first jobs I got was like for a builder there, he needed a concreter. Yeah. So <laughs> so I'm screeding and concreter and working a helicopter yeah, and I said I've never never used one before. I've never done this. I've I've worked on pause. That's all I need to know. That's good enough. Yeah, good enough. You're a tradie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always wondered how that slab's going. <laughs> that was pretty dodgy. Uh, yeah, classic. So, mate, um, how did you become a builder? At what stage did you decide to okay. get, get off the tools and stuff? Because, um, mate, once again, uh, Barry McKinnon dobbed you in and reckons. Uh, he quoted you as as a bit of a bull back in the day in a good way. Uh, he just remembers this is back when all the building materials were like solid Jarrah sleepers. There was no lightweight pine and, he, you know, the safety scaffolds probably weren't really in place and he reckons you just used to be lugging these huge bits of green Jarrah up on second-story roofs and basically caning your body. Um, is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I think that's what stuffed the body up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what you had. To, that's what was here. It was green jarrah, and um, yeah, it all got yelling uphill. It all get dropped on the road, and if you happen to be building on the uphill side of the road, you had yeah. to cart it all up. Was, and and for those who don't know, yelling uphill is, um, you know, it's a very steep hill. Every block is really steep, and you know, to the point where your toe ball hits the road every time you fucking go up the driveway. And so, yeah, as you say, if you're on the high side of the street and what your timber's down the bottom of the road, there's uh, I'm guessing you, you weren't, no one was paying for cranes back then, were they, mate? No, I think <laughs> crane had to come all the way from Capel or Bunbury. <laughs> yeah. 
if you're on the downhill side of the road, wasn't too bad. At least you had gravity working with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, so that's what's... pretty hard yards there. And then, um, and when did it sort of really the building start to kick off um, in here? And, and then you sort of thought maybe I should get into this. I didn't have any choice because I had a, a young family. I was getting work for one of the local builders, and then, but it wasn't consistent. Like it. You, you didn't know if you, you know, it was going to keep going. And by then you'd had your second kid, Chelsea, the, the daughter? Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Or well, around that time anyway. But yep. And I, I just realised you you, you got you to – work's not just going to come to you. You've got to go out and find it yourself. So yeah, um, you started off as a chippy just doing a few owner-builder jobs. But um, yep. that doesn't work good for anybody. And um, – Managed to get a builder's license. Yep. Get your ticket and took it off from there. Yeah, right. So, mate, um, one of your uh, more famous builds, I guess, would be the Engine Up Wavehouse Studio. <laughs> For those that don't know, um, it's a bit of an iconic building in this area. It's got a massive natural cave, amphitheatre. Uh, it's a huge house on a massive parcel of land on top of the hill, over, looking over, engine up like crazy, you know, um, 180 degree views of the ocean and a pretty funky place, you know. Um, by it was basically a, it was like a rich American sort of surf star dude. Not that he was a surfer, but he, I, I just remember his name. Ken Eichenberg was his name, and and he, and he was that sort of typical 80s. Yank, uh, he was flashy and had all the new gear and lots of money and and stuff like that. Um, and, and you ended up building this amazing house for him on top of this natural cave. Tell us a bit about that. It was I, I'm not sure how I first got the introduction. I think it was through Albine, who's a good friend of Albine's, um, and uh, Kenny somehow or other was part owners in this land, and he and his wife Tracy. Gorgeous. It was like literally like Ken and Barbie dolls lobbed in from California. Yeah. And uh, I, I designed them a house to keep it into a pretty tight budget back in the day there. And it was all done out of green Jarrah and the likes. It, there wasn't even a road in there, I think. So there hardly is still now. <laughs> no. I, I actually lived out there for about three months, funnily well, enough, in, well, the, it, in we, the main house. Okay, right. Back, back when I was making surf movies and I, yeah. was, I remember bumping down the so-called driveway back then in my Sandman and yeah. yeah, it was a fucking long pothole-filled gravel road. But anyway, go on. I, so. I, I only had a, I had a Falcon Ute, and it was, but it was a good one. It was a, <laughs> a um, 351 V8 oh, XA Ute, <laughs> yeah. G, Falcon GS and big wide tyres on the back, limited slip diff. Yeah. We used to load the back of it up with green Jarrah studs. It'd go anywhere because yeah. it would not get bogged. It'd just yeah, right. climb its way at all the power in the world. And then all that all that weight in the back locking the tyres down. I, I pulled – Kenny had a, uh, a Land Rover. I pulled him out of the bog Yeah, right. with that, with all the load. Because he, he blocked the track. He went down and got bogged. Yeah. So I had to put a rope on him and tow him in reverse back up a hill – in the no sand <laughs> to get him out and back on the track. Wow, that's a pretty good effort. <laughs> no, we got there. It was what you had to do. But yeah. yeah. Mate, it's a it's a pretty um pretty crazy house. It's like, you know, three or four stories all sort of split. As I say, it's sitting right on top of this natural amphitheatre. Um it's always been a 
recording studio. It's called Wavehouse Studio. So, you know, he was the flashy, big tooth, grinning, sun-kissed Californian rich kid who came out here in the 80s and, you know, I guess uh, could have promised the world to people and, and whatever. Not not in a bad way, but, you know, he, I think he had a sunglasses brand or something, didn't he? And, um, you know, it, it, there was a lot of... Um, excitement around the house i guess is what i'm trying to get out and and music was a big part of that house wasn't it and um you're a you're big into your music as well you're a drummer um did how did that play into the house was that sort of uh, at the time it wasn't it was just they just built the house but that that come along later he um so it was never meant to be a studio at the start not to start with no he no. he he um he got in and actually butchered a fair bit of it underneath to create create that, I was, I was always quite surprised that it, it still survived the storms after. Oh, so that. after the build, he went and moder- modified it all to yeah. create the studio. Yeah, modified yeah. it because the, the studio was when they first did the studio it was a separate building over off the other side of the cave. But, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's all there now. Now, uh, led to believe it's. Um, oh, What's the guy from Tame Impala? Kevin, yeah. yeah, Kevin Parker. Yeah, um, yeah. has bought it, and that, bought it which, yeah. which is really good because now it might get some of the some maintenance yeah. that, that it's been longing for. It's had a hard life that house that people don't know, uh, especially through the nineties. There was when raves were, yeah. were big. Um, rave in the cave was a, a staple, and yeah, that you know it was a very uh, hedonistic house and. It sort of all stopped when someone OD'd in the cave, unfortunately, at one yep. one party, and that sort of put a bit of a break on things. But uh, it was a pretty wild house. Um, but it also had a lot of really cool history of the surfing and music sort of intertwined. intertwined. Like I know Tom Curran and Slater and a lot of people have been out there and jammed and stuff. Did you yeah. ever get involved with any music out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember I, I – Played the drums down in that cave. Can't can't remember. It was just jamming with Kenny and that, or um, when we were playing with oh, one of the few crews I've played with around here. Been mixed up with a few little bands over the years. But I think um, Eddie Vedder did a lot of time out there too, didn't he? From Pearl Jam. I don't know. I didn't um, get I, to meet him. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was, it was it was a poster signed on the went the room when I lived in there. Wow, Eddie Vedder stuff and, and stuff in that room. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty loose when I was living there. I didn't last long. It wasn't it, <laughs> I was, me- it was good, but <laughs> it was I remember sitting in there playing drums in that cave and there's massive big heat beehives straight above your head. Oh really? <laughs> honey dropping on the snare drum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Sweet. That wasn't the only thing you were licking that night, was it, Steve? <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, mate, that was a pretty iconic house. Um you've built a couple of rippers, is uh is there any one house that's or, or build that's sort of been your favourite um, over your years of, of building? I mean, you were one of the early builders down here, really. Um, there's a lot down here now. There's massive mansions getting built all the time by a lot of different builders. But I guess in the early 90s, you wouldn't have been many guys in your league sort of building those top-end houses. Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, we didn't, didn't start off in the top-end house. It was all pretty simple stuff, like... Now one of the best houses is the one on Yelling Uphill straight in front of Taj's house now. It was the rusty house for, for oh, a long yeah, while. Oh, yeah, I know that one, yep. That was just a simple little beach house. Um, local builder here, Johnny Borlock, he did, did it, but I, I built it for him. 
And I remember there was a um, a room at the top of the stairs with a triangular window, and it perfectly framed the yelling up peak. Oh, that was really? all, all you could see <laughs> was uh, the um, yeah, just straight in at the takeoff. Nothing, no trees or anything in the road, just a picture frame. Awesome. Yeah, that's unreal. No, there's been there's been some pretty big and spectacular ones for sure, but yeah, I can't. I can't call a favourite out of it. Probably favourites is probably the one I built for myself. <laughs> then had to sell it to somebody else. <laughs> was yeah. that the one in Dunsborough there? Up no, the no. one one just up the around the corner. Oh, just around the corner yeah, here. Yeah. Over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a nice one. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and then we did the Wild Hot Brewery uh, just yeah. recently. That was one of your recent gigs, and yeah, that and was I, I was on on the deck there for a year and a half with you flat out. That was good. They were good people to work for, and. Um, yeah, yeah it's a pretty nice location. It's it's mate, it's pretty uh, it's busy good, brewery. good to see it successful. It's good to see when someone has a vision and they're game enough to Put drop all, all drop all their dollars on the table and yep. see it see it come in for them. It was yeah. pretty scary when COVID sent it all underground, but yeah, it looks like they're coming out roses at, at the end of it. So. Yeah, they're smashing it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, mate, tell us about uh, once you'd settled in here in WA and you had your family and you're working and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're part of the fabric. Um, you're obviously still surfing and, and stuff a lot, um, being a busy family builder, chippy. You're still surfing lots. What, 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 were you, what were you doing? Mate, I haven't surfed for yonks. I know you haven't. We'll get to that. But in those <laughs> early days, you, you were surfing down oh, here a yeah, lot, Yeah, to start you? with it was, yeah. Yeah. And that was... I was I was the same person I was over east. It was I was like what you do the dawn the dawn patrols and yep. around here dawn patrols are actually quite sketchy. Yeah, because you get to places and there's nobody there. Yeah, and especially if you're gone because you you work like you you actually go on your own. You don't get to link up with anybody. Yeah, and you just see something's perfect. You just go out. But yeah, I learned from my years on the east before I go anywhere. If I'm on my own, I just really survey survey the whole area you know like take the time to scan the whole length of the beach in and out up to 300 meters out to sea in in real close to the shore yeah any bird activity or fish activity yeah and it's pretty well a dead giveaway yeah yeah if there's any sort of fish activity you know that well, there's fish chasing something so there'll be fish some chase fish fish chasing bigger fish will be chasing those fish yeah and, for sure yeah, and um, mates uh, hitting up the bears back in the day um, without four wheel drives. I, I imagine you, that would have been a bit of a favourite spot, was it? It was when we finally get there because a lot of time no one would give you a bloody lift in there. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's where the old XAU come in really good. That's, oh yeah, so you'd leave the timber on to get up the bears, did you? No, no, I'd leave a shovel in the back. So if it did get bogged, oh yeah, you'd throw sand in the back. <laughs> so that works. So you, yep. yeah, just put weight on the tires and go, it'd go anywhere. Yeah, right. Uh, so I think I remember one trip we're flying up that. It was the back inland way, the one from up the end of Idlers, flying along there. Oh yeah. And um, I had Baz McKinnon in with us. Yeah. We, well, we used to go pretty fast on the um, on the bit you could. Yeah. Um, an almighty kangaroo, yeah. come flying out from the right. Yeah. And completely cleared us, leapt clean over us. Oh, did it? Sweet. <laughs> in my one bound, <laughs> we both slid down in the seat, and the thing just totally cl- 
<laughs> jumped over the whole car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, Simon reckons he's got a lot of memories. Simon, uh, your son, that is, of the early days, he reckons you just loved baby bears. And he says, I just remember spending all day up there on the weekends um, while you're out there surfing. And he was probably surfing and he, uh, eating raw abalone off the rocks to, to keep getting through the days, he reckons. Is, is that true? Yeah, well, you get, you get a bit hungry up there after a surf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most seafood, seafood's okay, raw. I don't know if you can do too many of them. But <laughs> and did you, um, in, in those times there, did you, um, before you sort of really got weighed down by, by work and stuff, were you doing little missions around the WA coast at all? Like were you going to the deep south or anything like that? Or Not a lot. I had a, had a family and that did... Um, I only remember a couple of couple of runners down trying to get into Black Point and then down uh, Walpole and that. Um, never never really managed to score it good. Yeah, uh, it's the potential coast. Down trying there, to get it? into Black Point in a Holden's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that don't know, Black Point is a mystery location uh, a few hours away, but oh, it sorry. is very <laughs> isolated um, and. Uh, mate, in winter, it's just a huge floodplain that would bloody give southeast Queensland a run for its money. Um, it's a long four-wheel drive track through a very dense, isolated bush that in winter is just basically a swamp. Um, is that about sum up your, your efforts of trying to get in, in, yeah, in a well, car that wasn't a four-wheel drive? Well, we did it right as the start of winter. It was sort of May... When the nor'westers were blowing, yep, but the rain hadn't hit, so it was oh, yeah. dry. Yep, but um, those big long stretches of swamp are just big long stretches of soft white sand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and so, did you make it in there, or no? I reckon we probably got about uh, maybe two thirds of that. It was we're a long way in, but it's a long way. <laughs> yeah. <don't> it is. <laughs> And in the end, we, we just threw the towel in and go, no, we've got to get out of here before we end up having to live here. <laughs> <laughs> so you drove all the way down there, bashed through the bush, all the rest of it, and then didn't even make it, turn around and yeah. drove three hours home again. It was an adventure. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like fun. Uh, been, been back there since in four-wheel drives and that. And yeah, it's been after easier. doing that, I've gone, no, we, we wouldn't have, no way in the world could we have ever made it through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got a pretty crazy story about trying to get in there in winter once with John O'Cully actually back yeah. in the day, but we'll save that for another time because it's not about me today. But, um, mates, uh, your, your son, Sime, also dobbed you in uh, for uh, – he reckons you were – there was a fair bit of party activity going on amongst the elder statesmen of the down south uh, surfers when he was growing up, and uh, I think he quoted that he spent a large portion of his life sleeping in the back of the cars out the front of the parties of – the Drent Whites and the Simpsons and Gremo and and things like that is is he hamming it up or, or what's the go? No, that that was the way it was back here. It was that was a, a really great vibe and um, you know, his crew would have a party. There'd be you know like what um, and it'd be there'd be a big bonfire going and barbecues and the like. Um, it couldn't have been bonfires in the middle of summer, but. No, it probably I, was. I, I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, the kids just end up. They just sleep in the car. So the kids yeah. would have a ball. They'd all run right. All the kids would be there. Yeah, no, they're just good family times. I think. Yeah, you're I playing think. music probably at half of them, and maybe. No, not, not then. Yeah. No, no, no. It was. No, it was. 
It was back in the good old days when it was a pretty small town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good solid parties. And, mate, what was your, your go-to spots um, uh, back in those surfing days? Was it just uh, when you're, you're obviously living up this end and not in Margie's anymore? No, no, living up the A-frames. I, I gave up on Margie's pretty early in the piece because it was – Apart from the first years here, it was always, it was just always pretty local dominated. Um, the crew had it wired, and so yeah. there wasn't really room for you in the, out there. Um, I I got to like living up at the A frames there. Um, it'd be mainly yelling up or inching up or three bears really. Yeah, even though we're living straight above Smiths, I just never got. Never got to. Didn't surf much. I didn't. Never liked it. No. 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 Yeah. I, tried, I tried supers a few times, and then yeah, it's a pretty then, difficult. Wave then to I make couldn't, drop. couldn't get to my feet quick enough. So. Yeah, I reckon it's the hardest drop in the southwest. Actually, yeah. supers. Yeah. Out of uh, you know, there's there's places that are bigger and scarier, but I, I just find that supers is is the hardest to get into. It's just so yeah. sucks out on you so hard. You know. I've watched Simon surf it on his backhand and he just makes it look so easy. Yeah. yeah. He just surfs it so good. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. mate, let's talk about Simon then because, uh, mate, he was, that's how I met you when I was making surf movies. He was uh, a teenager. I think he was a WA state champion at the time um, and, you know, I used to see him around the beach and that's how we met. I'd start filming him. He's, he's a bloody great surfer, um, which obviously you're going to do when your dad is just a Lennox frother and – Moved to WA and he grew up on the beach. Um, mate, tell us a bit about uh, your time surfing with Simon early and, and how he got into it and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a hard one because, like, when when your kids are little and they want to get into surfing, I think he started out right standing up on a boogie board at four, you know, down, yeah, right. down the shore breaks at Smith's. But there's not many ways you can ease a kid into around here. No, it's not like um, over east. No, so... We actually did, did a lot of homework to find just sneaky little reform ways in on reefs where kids can surf them and, and just get their confidence up. So yep. he, he, that's how it started. And I think when he finally went to primary school and that and his mates, they'd be, they'd be surfing all winter out along Eagle Bay and that. And there's he had names for all these ways which I didn't even know existed. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're actually quite good. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so... He, he, he was very, very talented, which I'm sort of uh, – I feel a bit guilty that I, I didn't really try to somehow get behind him more. And uh, we, he never – he wasn't lucky enough to get one of the sponsors to actually give him, give him a, a, paid, a paid gig. He was get, sponsored by Rip Curl or something yeah, for he, a little bit. He, he got, he got um, wetsuits and that, and, yeah. and that was great. Um but um, didn't did what wasn't all the big companies just seemed to pick out one golden-headed boy and they'd throw all the money at them and all the other kids. I got to meet them all because Simon tried the pro junior circuit and that and um, yeah and all the, all the rest of the kids that had nothing they, they all did it hard. So when they come to WA, they had all stayed our place. Yeah, and when he um, went there, he'd stay at their place and that and yeah. Um, most of them just dropped out of the way. A few of them have, met, have managed to keep a career out of it, but it's it's a bloody hard gig. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. And, mate, I remember getting epic footage of him up north because he's a goofy footer. Um, and, I, you know, was in my early days up there swimming around with a the camera and got some got some awesome 
um, crazy barrel shots of him up there. You must have been pretty proud being a surfer and, and watching your son surf waves like that. Oh, I'm blown out. surf like that. I go, Jesus. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's sad that um, he had a lot of potential to have done a lot better. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. He had a pretty good head on his shoulders and he decided to get into the sort of um, business side of surfing in a way, even though he's branched out from it now. But that's sort of where it began, wasn't it? So He, ma- he made the call. You could see that um, he, he, had, he didn't manage to get the results to sort of get the sponsorship to keep in there. So he said, well, rather than just ending up a dropout and doing this, he'd make the call and get into uni. So yeah, hugely proud of that. You know? Yeah, and, and he, his uni was sort of orientated around sort of sports marketing or something like yeah. that wasn't it yeah yeah so that's that's now, uh, now he's uh he's back on the east coast and he's he's been doing well over there hasn't he yeah um, all sorts of stuff he's i know he had a lot to do with taj for a while there that that was probably when he was surfing at his best because I, I heard reports he, he traveled around a lot with taj helping that and like when those two had surfed together it was like a public relations sort of guy or something like that for him wasn't he or Martin yeah or, or? Well, Taj took him on because Simon Billabong went through an era where they just dumped everybody and he Simon ended up devastated because he'd been working for Billabong and um and managed to Taj took him under his wing a bit and yeah but I, I heard reports of when they'd go surfing together in Bali and in Hawaii yeah, right. They would push, like, push each other to the max, and crew watching it was couldn't believe the standard of surfing they were seeing. Yeah, from his so-called public relations guy or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, his underdog. Yeah. Well, the, but the two of them, like, yeah, it's time to just blow up, and then Taj would have to blow up more, and yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's great these guys had managed to keep that friendship there. Great. Yeah. And mate, did you ever surf up? Did you ever do runs up north and surf yourself? Or uh, I wasn't surfing by then. I no. went, we did runs up with them. At, that's about when um, arthritis is sort of stuffed up everything. And okay, so let, well, let's talk bloody... about that then, because unfortunately, you haven't surfed in a in a really long time, um, and it's obviously due to injuries, mate. What injuries stopped you? Um, but was hips. I got. Two hip replacements at the same time, twenty years ago, and then just sort of thought I was coming back from that, yep. and uh, down doing the rehab in the lagoon every morning, and then started swimming and doing sprints, and then bloody shoulder gives a big rip feel, and then they oh, say, shit. "Oh no, there's there's stuff too." So two hips and two shoulders later, it's um, I mean, able to get back into surfing. So so those injuries combined for over a what a two or three year period where you're sort of battling through them and it was sort of one after the other sort of thing yeah about that a bit a little bit longer than two or three years but um yeah right yeah so that that just stopped you in your tracks that's something in tracks was- the shoulders were literally i couldn't paddle or swim after that so yeah so anyway and what year was that roughly like late 90s no, two, yeah that's when it started going downhill because they ended up yeah you couldn't get up on a board so i ended up on a lid for two years oh yeah yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've got some dirt on you here. You're not yeah. going to like this one, but uh, uh, Baz has dobbed you in. Uh, me, old, me old mate Baz. Me old mate Baz. Yeah. Uh, he said it was some around that time where you were really injured and you hadn't surfed in ages and he was just like, mate, we need to get you back in the water. Blah, God blah, bless blah. him. Yeah, and he's, uh, so he's dragged you up to windmills, which is uh, is this like little rip bowl fucking beach break up uh, up. Uh, 
in the north of our area and um you know it's not a gnarly break but there is a lot of water moving around out there and uh mate tell us about that session what happened the day we did toe-ins. Yeah, that's the day. <laughs> Bass says, here, I've got a mal here. You try this. And this is, this is, I think, three months after my my hips. So they're only just coming back. Yep. Two, two, two brand new hips in there. Yep. And he, he gives me this mal. I say, yeah, so that'd be great. Replacement. Yeah, hip, yep. two hips, two both of them are done, right? Jesus. Um, and the mal said, yeah, this should be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And I paddled out on this thing. Yeah, he didn't tell me it was twenty four inches wide. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I go down and I go to sit up. Yeah, and it felt like it just ripped me in half. You split your hips open. <laughs> it split. It split me from <laughs> ankles to bloody chin. And I, go, I just collapsed on the board, and that was it. I was in agony, reeling around. So. Oh Jesus! So I got towed in. <laughs> so he got towed in. Mate, he reckon, Baz reckons he nearly drowned because you were nearly drowning. And he's like, he was so unfit and this and that. And he's always trying to tow him in. And, and, and there's the current that sucks you out. And he was trying to paddle against it. Yeah, he reckons it was. Uh, uh, bullshit. It was fucking, it was two foot. <laughs> uh, yeah, he reckons. Uh, uh, God, God bless him. No. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, fuck you, Baz. But, uh, <laughs> I, I should have done my mass beforehand. 24 inches. I never sat on a board that yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially when you just had new hips. So, mates, um, you was that the end? Did you uh, what? What happened? Pretty well, yeah, yeah. I think I tried tried taking a lid out a couple of times, but it was just um, it wasn't fun. So unsatisfying. Yeah, and because I remember when I first met you, you took us up to Bears, and I think you came out on a lid when I was filming Syme. So that's yeah. when I sort of first met you. Well, that that's probably when I was riding a lid. Yeah, that was fun because the, the guys out there. Yunkers, they'd um, I, I, they'd they were given me waves. I like, no, you don't give waves to lids. You just <laughs> you just take it because they knew me because I'd always, you know, yeah, sort of been around had, for ages. Had, had and- the, the always on the bombs out the back, and they, yeah, no, no, mate, you, you just take it. And I, I'd I'd take off behind them on the lid, and then he'd come up and then slide across their board. <laughs> Not take them out, but um, yeah, it yeah. was fun. It was just you'd have fun on the darn thing. And so, then and so what happened? You just you just got sick of riding the lid it was too unsatisfying you just threw in the towel or yeah pretty well threw yeah. in the towel because you know you know surfing I, I used to love i never never moved back on the mouths yeah I, I, I loved surfing when i went to short boards it was always it was always about the the adrenaline and barrels and forms you know? and yeah, yeah exactly pushing and, the boundaries and, and, and going back on mouths just to just for the sake of it so it never appealed to me at all so yeah Anyway, and Baz did say that uh, to your credit, you've never been sour on the fact that you can't surf again, and no, you've never whinged about it. So that hats no. off to you for doing that. But I guess when you've had twenty years of uncrowded, perfect fucking North Coast right hand point breaks, I, I guess you you got your fill, didn't you, mate? <laughs> mate, I, I consider myself extremely lucky. I, I have surfed Lennox had as good as you could ever see it. Burley as good as you'd ever see it. Um, Kira, you name it, any of those Cylinders, ways, yeah, yeah, and and actually have had some of the best waves that could probably ever have gone through them as well. Not just being out there when it's perfect, yeah. but actually scoring. Yeah, you got the, the perfect waves of of it in its peak. Yeah, you get you get one. Yeah, you know, like yeah, waves don't get better than a five hundred meter tubing sand bottom four four. The, the, one, the ones that stick in your head, they stay there forever. So. Yeah, sick. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. Um, mates, okay, so 
you bloody got these crazy injuries. You're not surfing, uh, so obviously you're busy with the family life and and becoming a prominent builder. And uh, Symes coming up through the ranks as a surfer. Um, Shaz said to ask you about um, doing early morning competition runs up to Perth with the boys and something about traffic lights or uh. something. What's that about? <laughs> this just okay. This is when um, early days when Simon and that. With um, surfing WA and there'd be st- state rounds, or uh, I think we had Wyatt David Jay Davies. This is when Jay was just a little grommet. Yeah, Wyatt, I, I, Wyatt Davies, his, his older brother, and Jay Davies. Yeah, yeah, I'd spotted Jay's talent and told his old man, "Yeah, this this kid's he's got serious talent. You better Pete get Davies behind him." He was a good surfer too. His dad in the day yeah. wasn't he, as well as being an A grade Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, Pete and. Um, so I heard you open the car that morning. It was me and three or four grommets. We're doing the – we didn't – didn't I have to come to Perth and stay the night just to be at Trig by yeah, 7 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. So I said, oh, we, we can do the early morning dash. So I think we left down here at 4 o'clock in the morning, drove straight through. The road used to go through Rockingham. Yeah, and probably Mandurah and yeah. fucking everywhere. And we got this bloody red light, copper red light at – Rockingham somewhere. There's no cars anywhere in yeah. any direction. We're stopped at this bloody red light. Yeah. And I'm stopped there. I'm sitting there. Ten minutes goes past. Ten minutes? Yeah. It was like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, a few cars start pulling it up at a red light over there. Yeah. And I go, I'll stuff this. I just went through it. Yeah. Siren. There was a cop pulled up in that one over there. And I don't know what it was, but it must have needed – it's needed something, one, to go somewhere to start the cycle for the lights. Yeah, to I think got sensors in the road or something, don't they? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's those, what I yeah, those things you park on. And then yeah. this cop pulls me up and I said, look, mate, I've been sitting there for over 10 minutes and it just wouldn't change. There's no cars <laughs> anywhere. And he says, oh, I had to stop. He did it right in front of me. <laughs> uh, did he let you off? No. No, he stung you? Yeah, three points and oh, bloody 180 three. bucks or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, right. Driving through a red light. (laughs) (laughs) Simple. Simple one, that one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we got there. Oh, that's good. And, mate, Simon, your son, also reckons that, um, mate, you're you're super into music. When when did you start becoming a drummer? Was that pretty early in the piece? Yeah, that was way back uh, high school, right from 13 or so with mates at school. We We had a band all through school. Yeah. That was great, yeah. Yeah, sick. And you still drum now, so that probably gives you a lot of satisfaction that, you know, you can't get from surfing. But, mate, I know you love your music. I've been to a <laughs> couple of parties where you're out there just sweating it up and bashing it, bashing the skins. So It's good fun. It's good fun. He reckons that uh, it was not an uncommon occurrence for you to pull him out of school to head off to a concert in Perth, Offspring, Red Hot Chili Peppers and, and the likes. Is that true? Well, he put me on them because I'd given up on music through the 80s because it, it, it was just crap, all this <laughs> disco crap and that. And yeah. I totally missed Nirvana and all that coming on the scene. And then and Simon got into school and said, yeah, listen to this. And yeah, right. then he played, um, first time he played me some Chili Peppers stuff and Offspring, I'm going, oh, my God, what have I been missing out on? And <laughs> then they came to Perth. And I, what were you doing, still playing Led Zeppelin on the drums or something? I probably wasn't playing. Drums are good. One of those things where you can just walk away from them for five, ten years, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then you come back and yeah. come back 
bigger than better. Yeah, I guess you got to set them all up, and it's a bit harder to lug them around. It's not like you can that. Just... That was the main reason you give it up. But yeah. I was just so lucky with um, the couple of young guys I had working with us. We just got talking one day, and they were writing their music. That's Lukey Dennis and Chaddy Picaro, and yep, yep. We got that little gig going together, and. Yeah, well, just named for- ourselves the Deadbeats, and <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Your Instagram page is a Deadbeat Drummer, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, mate, that that house that you're building at the moment—that's just this huge um, mansion overlooking, you know, one of the most prestigious beaches in in Western Australia. Uh, it's a two-story joint with, with a huge um, concrete um, floor on the upstairs level, and uh, I saw some footage. I wasn't there that day, unfortunately, but. Uh, just staying uh, true to your younger self uh, at the end of a working day, you and those said chippies, Chatty and Lukey, decided there's no walls on and no roof on and this is huge upstairs uh, concrete slab overlooking the sun setting over the Indian Ocean at Smith's Beach here and you decided to just set up all your gear and to start jamming away up there having a few beers. Is that right? Yeah, that, that was – we had to do the um, – what was it? The big Guns and Roses scene, <laughs> the, the big stadium, stadium, Arcadium, stadium play. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was seriously good fun. We only had a, like a twenty minute window to pull it off. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it looked pretty cool. I know uh, the guy I was working with, Sammy, was there and uh, he was pretty happy with himself. Yeah, it's not not every day you get to see that on the building site. <laughs> Live uh, band on the second story of a concrete slab. That was Lukey's idea. He says, "Oh." How good would it be to <laughs> have a jam? Said, Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, sick. They're the sort of builders you want to work for. Didn't it? I don't. We didn't. Didn't even have any access to get up there. Like it was all up a ladder. And then God, anyway, that'd take you back to the old days of lugging green jarrow, wouldn't it? <laughs> and that's pretty much why. Is, is that why your your hips and shoulders and that were just buggered from lugging all that timber? You reckon? Or oh, you know, it's mate. It's, it's I don't say. know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something bugging them. Something. You, you, you got a knee going. Yeah, You're about I'm, to find out. Yeah. <laughs> I already know about it. Mate, uh, just on that music thing, Simon reckons uh, he took you to Coachella uh, eight, ten years ago, which for those that don't know is like this basically like a, a new age Woodstock or something, isn't it, in America? It's a pretty big deal music event. Pretty, uh, pretty loose. Coachella. Coachella, Coachella. is huge. Is it's it? um. It's in California, out Palm Desert or Palm Springs, out that way. Right. Um, it goes for when we went. It, it's a three day event. Now it's it's three day event for two or three weeks running. Um, Jesus. It has like at least eight main stages. It's just all the top bands from everywhere. It's, it's, it's it was awesome. It's just so well run. It's like. Our member big day out we used to have here. Yeah, yeah. It's like that on steroids. Yeah, right. Well, it's, everything in America's on steroids, isn't it? Usually. Yeah, but it's just so well run. It's like, Sick. and uh, and the kids are different here. They're, they're just, I think it's because they they're not into the alcohol so much. It's because they can't afford it. Because it's yeah, twenty one drinking age or whatever. Yeah, but, older um, drinking age. Yep. More no. peyote though, isn't there? Eh? More peyote. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> just they just seem to be all more. They're just in the music. It wasn't there? Wasn't that crew out of it everywhere? Wasn't there? Not at all. No, yeah. no. It was. It was. It's just a really well-run event. It's like the whole town gets behind it. Yeah. Sick. And um, okay, mate. Well, I think we're done with that sort of music uh, side of things. There. Um, what about um, Indonesia? You you did a fair bit of uh, 
surf trips there as a, as a family thing or a work thing or, or tell us a bit about that? Um, well, like everyone in WA, Bali's your second home. Yep. I think Shaz taught me into doing the first trip there back in about 78, yeah. Oh, yeah, early days. Way back early days. That was fantastic. So I fell in love with it then. That was, and you went surfing on that first trip? Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. Uluwatu and – Yep. That was – yeah, I did everything by motorbike. You'd be up at five, out to lose, surf, and then come back and breakfast and then back out surfing somewhere. Yeah. Just surf nonstop the whole time you are there pretty well. Awesome. And, um, yeah. Did you get the East Coast at all? Did you Sonora or anything like that? Or I've surfed a few times. never had it any good over there. I was yeah. a, it's always a hassle getting there. So Yeah, yeah. I just like – I love the reefs. I liked um, – The Bukit. Yeah, I liked um, Ulus and Padang and um, Impossibles, Bingen, Belangen. So you've surfed Padang pretty solid. Had some pretty crazy tubes there, have you? I've had, I've had, I wouldn't call it not like ten foot, probably six footers, maybe. Yeah, but good, perfect. And, yeah, six yeah. foot sounds perfect yeah. to me. I don't want a ten foot Padang tube either. I think I'd take a <laughs> six foot one though. Yeah, yeah, but um, that's one of the best ways I've had, but. It's, but down in town at Airport Reef and Cooter Reef. Is that right? When it gets big. Yeah. When, when, once you know it and um, you watch it, it was big. And if you can get there, same thing, it's get there before dawn. Yeah. And um, there are no boats, so you actually got to paddle out there. Yeah. I, I like this whole dawn theme because, mate, I'm the dawny guy. I've always been a dawny guy. Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I and like the dawny thing. That one on a rising swell. Low tide and then the tide coming up, you, you'll get it to yourself for a good hour and a bit before there's anyone else out there because the boats haven't started up, so nobody likes yeah, paddling out there. Because we all know Indos don't like getting out of bed early. No. <laughs> Not a chance. No. But that when when that's um like over six foot, it's a seriously good wave. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sick. So you went there in 78 and then what did you, did you start hitting it regularly or what? Uh, yeah, I went back there in 80. Five, I think next time. Then after that, a couple of times, and then we end up getting a job up there in the early nineties. What was that doing? A big hotel there, just chippy work. Really, I'd. Um, oh, you weren't the builder? No, 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 no. I got, I got approached by a local builder down here, knew the architects, and they needed just gangs of good uh, chippies and that. So I took um, Dane Richo and Gordy oh. Gordy Vernon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. But, um, so you got a job in Bali and did you take the family? Yeah. Yeah. And how we, long were you, how long were you there for? Uh, six months. Oh, pretty well. Sweet. Yeah. Was yeah. it through our winter? It was full on recession down here. Yeah, so it was straight right oh, through our winter. So it would have been like eighty seven or something like that. Ninety two. Oh ninety two. Ninety two, okay. yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it was it was all through winter. I think we went up in about April and April through to October. Oh, awesome. What a good time. And was there a lot of surfing going on? Well, we were working. Yeah. So we had the, we only really had the weekends off or when we knocked off. It was pretty hard after work to get um, – you didn't didn't get much of a window after work, so it was really only the weekends. So. Where was the hotel that you built? It's at the end of Jim Brown Bay. Is it still there? Yeah, yeah it's huge. Yeah. Four seasons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Go down, buy your beer one day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good if we ever can get back there. We go down to the binding at yeah. Four Seasons. Classic. 
And um, so, mate, geez, that would have been pretty good for Syme. Um, living in six months, uh, was he? He would have been. Oh, actually, he would have been what? Maybe eight or something. Or yeah, something, like that. He was going, surfing though, wasn't he? Eight going on nine. And he was. Yeah. He got to surf every day. That's a. That's where he came ahead in leaps and bounds. Yeah, surfing all those little beaches and stuff every day. He surfed the beaches, and then he said, oh, "I want to surf the reefs, Dad. I want to surf the reefs." And I says, "Okay." Yeah. So I worked it out. We picked a place like Blangen when it's low tide coming in and on a small swell, it'll just be zipping along the reef. Yep. So we headed out there. Um, he had we got him booties to wear on the reef, or he didn't have booties, so they were sand shoes. <laughs> really? We, like we get sneakers. there, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's doing exactly what I thought. It's dead clean offshore. It's like two foot, two foot, and just zippering along the reef. Yes. Yeah, so head out there. I, I got out before him and got out behind the break, and then he's standing on the reef waiting for his chance to go through. Then these six foot sets turn up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> boom! Oh. And I hear him, hear him swearing. I, yeah, you've heard him swear. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's an eight-year-old going, oh, the fuck. Yeah, just <laughs> cursing his dad, yeah. no doubt. I said, oh, well, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm ignoring him. The next minute, phew, he pops up. Yeah, right. He pops up out the back and he never looked back, mate. He was just, yeah. Yeah. And Belong and then would have been pretty uncrowded, eh? Oh, there was only the, there was no one there. It was just the local local crew um, that owned the owned the land at the back there, way, way on Rebung. Right. Um, they they still remember him from then because no? he used to wear a, a red gath hat. Yeah, right. And uh, a red gath hat and tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah, I can see how they could remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd, he'd, he'd be surfing Belangan from right on the point, the, where it zippers off from the point. Yeah, and when it's you know about this side, they're just perfect little tubes. So yes, yeah, yeah. And he was a goofy footer and yeah, yeah. just what a ball. unreal. And mate, so obviously. You got pretty in tune with Indo. Did you do any island ho- island hopping at all? I mean, obviously you were busy nah. working then, but Lombok is about as far as we got. I, I never, I never got to do the Nias and um, Mentawis I mean, or it was all still that. Early ferments then, but um, yeah. yeah, I thought you know maybe the Lombok or the G Land or anything like that. G Land didn't appeal to me because it's backhand. Yeah, yeah. Going, well, I've got enough backhand waves here to deal with. Yeah, you got Iluado on your front doorstep there, which was yeah. probably uncrowded anyway, so you, I guess you didn't need to search, did you? They were crowded. It was always were crowded, they? yeah. It was crowded in 78. What, in Bali? Yeah. Was it? Bloody hell, it was. Yeah, right. It was, then it was... Um, I mean, that was only about, what, six years after Morning of the Earth came out or more? Yeah. yeah but it was just, that was enough. Yeah, it was, it was definitely crowded, God. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. And you over Noosa Lambongan a bit or? I never had any luck over there. I've been over there for a few times, but um, yeah. yeah, so some average sort of ways there, but never had it good. No. Oh, Lambongan. I was thinking of talking to Noosa Dua. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, over there in the early days, yeah, I wasn't. It annoyed me because you had to wait all day for the tide to get right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so... After you, oh, um, Simon also mentioned that uh, you might have some good stories in that time when you were building in Bali about bulays, which uh, for those that don't know is an Indonesian term for, for white fellas, um, getting into trouble and having to disappear or something. Is there, uh, maybe he must have remembered a story about something, but uh, oh, nothing that springs to mind? No, no, just, just 
just working up there like we weren't supposed to be there. And um, on the job site, the word had just come through that immigration would be coming and just disappear and that sort of stuff. But um, Oh, yeah. Oh, so you guys had to disappear from immigration? Yeah. Even though you weren't really up to no good, you were just working? Yeah, you weren't supposed to be. Well, it was, it was typical Indo. It was all, yeah. Underhand. Yeah, someone's paying someone. Someone, yeah. someone didn't get paid. Someone tries to make an example out of something. Yeah. And it was a case of pull your leads in, just go to ground for a bit. But What, uh, was, it, was, what was the pay like? Because, I mean, obviously we all know that Indo doesn't usually pay good, but uh, what was the pay like on that job? Oh, it was pretty good. Was yeah, it? it was really good. Considering we're in recession here, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was equivalent to what we're getting in Australia, but in US dollars and um, um, and a car and accommodation. So I couldn't ask for any more, mate. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. All right, mate. Well, let's just um, take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll wrap it up, I think. Yeah, good on you. Good Adji. stuff, mate. Cheers, right on. Mate. Okay, so we're back into it here. Um, mates, we've been covering a lot of ground, East Coast, West Coast, Indonesia, all the stuff, the life and times of Steve Barrett. You're listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. We're a few beers deep in the shed here, and uh, we're about to wrap it up. So, mate, uh, thanks for coming in, Steve-O. It's been bloody good fun. Uh, pleasure, Azzy. Always good catching up with you, mate. Yeah. I need you back on that job site. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, mate, uh, hopefully you've had fun uh, regaling some of your stories of, of back in the day and um, bit of bringing back a bit of nostalgia, hopefully, of some pretty good times. Uh, definitely, uh, yep. Mates, um, uh, you did Indonesia and stuff on the on the surfing radar, and obviously you, you probably went back there a fair bit um, before your your injuries kicked in. Um, did you ever do any other international travels? Uh, international, yep. No, no, no. Only New Zealand, and no, no, I didn't get to go to. Nias or Mentawis. I was yep. always wanting to go to, uh, I was saving to go to Hawaii. That's when I met my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Hawaii and South Africa were on the radar back then, but. Um, yeah, never made it. No, nah, got didn't, busy. Didn't get there. Fair enough. But in, they made up for it. Yeah. Fair, yeah, fair call. So, mate, I, the next one was uh, is there any extra special trips or surf sessions in particular that just really. Oh. Stood out in your mind. I think you really probably covered this. Maybe yeah. the cylinders ones were. Was that the? Is that sort of the the pinnacle of of your days of chasing waves? Do you think? I don't know, mate. There's just so many. Even here in WA, there's waves when it's just been unbelievably perfect conditions. Yep. And they just stay stuck in your mind. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, I can't. Can't single, can't, one out. can't single one out there. Too many good ones. That's good. Well, you might have trouble singling out this next question. Just give us, uh, just quickly, sort of three of your all-time favourite surfers and why, you know. Okay. It doesn't have to be three or okay. just give us a couple or whatever, you know. Um, it's pretty easy actually because from early days we grew up with a uh, young fella f from Lismore, Ronnie Connors, Shorty Connors is his, is his, was his nickname. Right. And he is similar to you. He just frothed for surf, <laughs> totally frothed for surf. Sick. And um, sad story is he ended up with a brain tumour and passed away in the mid-70s. Um, but I've got a vivid memory of him on 
one of the, the biggest days I ever surfed at Lennox. Yep. I was I'd got away, but I was paddling back out, and um, Ronnie or Shorty, he took off on this because it was an, a northeast swell that came in and just wedged massive, big top to bottom barrel, and he turned and pulled into it. Yeah. And the thing blew him like a cannon. Yeah. It just blew him and his board out like just getting shot out of a cannon. Yeah. And he he comes up and he's shaking. He says, Steve. I'm shaking and I, I don't know if it's cold or it's just plain fear. <laughs> <laughs> Did he but, make the barrel? Did he get shot out on his board or he got he got shot out him and his board, yeah, at the same time, but but blown out. So when they finally came out at the end they weren't together. Yeah, but they but he rode it. He yeah. rode through it and yeah, sick. it was sick. And I am because I'm just I was looking straight into it. It right happened right in front of my face, you know. Yeah, right. And it was big and it was thick and it was it yeah, was yeah. but yeah, sadly. The guy that lived and frost for surfing yeah. got taken out. way too soon. Oh, well. So Shorty O'Connor. Shorty Connors. Shorty Connors. Yep. Yep. Cheers, mate. Cheers to him. All right. Well, that, that was a good one. Um, and I like ones that aren't the same as everyone else's. So give us give us a couple more. Yeah. Um, another one was one of the old legend surfers from back in the – uh, late sixties, early seventies was Ted Spencer. I don't know if you, you'd ever remember him. You might need to Google him because he he was he was right up there in the books. But he he ended up going and joining the Hari Krishnas. Yeah, right. so he's been that. But <laughs> a lot of strange this, things happened in the seventies, isn't that? Yeah, but this is when boards went short. This is when we we're still at school down there when they went from seven foot, and all of a sudden they went down to like six foot, then five foot six. Yep. I remember watching him. Out at Lennox, because there's only a few of them out there. This is um, when we used to wag from school, go down there. Yeah. He was riding a board that was four foot eight. Wow. And he he took he got a solid eight foot plus Lennox bloody barrel on this thing, just watching it going for it. And it's just like this funny little fridge door. Round, round, <laughs> rounded double handed thing. But yeah. yeah but real, just quite quiet spoken guy, no unassuming. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he rates up there for sure. Yeah. Um, and a couple of the guys from Burley, I think Richard Harvey. Right. Um, and Dick Van Stralen, he still makes boys there. But Richard Harvey used to be right on um, his goofy foot there. But just really another soft-spoken guy, not um, no ego. He'd carve on his backhand – and as he comes off the bottom, we'd just do the cross step walk up. And this oh, is yeah. running on short boards and just like there was nothing to it. Yeah, so, right. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got the seal in. So there's three for you. There's three. <laughs> and surely number four would be your son. No, nah, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> you just said nah. No, I'm, I'm thinking back older ones. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. ones that stick in my head. You know, yeah. I've seen Simon do it. But, um, yeah. It was uh, Gordon Merchant that started Billabong. Yeah. And this was, this was, Len, um, no, this was Burley on a seriously big, perfect day, yeah. and it was crowded. And I, I was paddling back out from down the inside. I'd got a wave right down through there, and coming back around the corner from I don't know you Burley, but they got the cove, right? Then, then the corner, then it comes through. Yep. When it's big, it just breaks from the cove right through. But the corner is where it goes hyper intense, and he's got this wave from right at the back of the cave. 
cove on his backhand. It was huge. Like I'm calling it 10 foot easy. 10 foot of burly is bloody yeah, big. Yeah, that's big, yeah. And his backhand, he's come down and he's driven off the bottom as it comes to the corner and the only line he could take is right up long under the roof trying to drag out a super long turn to keep the speed up. Right. And paddling out, watching him. And he actually on the roof and completely over, over <laughs> fault. But I was just cheering, going, it's, it was the line to take. It was the line he had to take, but yeah. um, it was just stuck, in, stuck your in your head, yeah. So, Oh, that's awesome. So there's, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad that you you banged them ones out because it's always easy to, you know, say, oh, Curran or Oki or whatever, So, which obviously everyone loves, you know, but it's good to get uh, something a bit different. Mate, we're nearly at an end. Uh, we've been going a while, but that's cool. It's, uh, you, you've been kicking around a while, so we had a lot to cover. <laughs> it's, uh, mates, um, where, are you, where are you at now in your life and, uh, and what's the plans to, um, for the next, you know, well, it's supposed, Yeah, it's supposed to be um, retiring and finish this house and retire, but I don't know, things keep getting thrown at us. Yep. We were planning on buying something and moving back over east to be with the grandkids and that. Yeah. All that is still our plan, really. Yeah, because your daughter's on the um, Gold Goldie, Coast. Gold Coast. <clears> and two her, grandies there, yeah. Her, her husband uh, is former QS surfer Nick Musgrove. Nick, Nick Musgrove. Yeah, he was a great surfer. Um, they've got a couple of kids and then Simon's over in um, Sydney or something with, with a kid over there. So all your, all your kids and grandkids are over there. So obviously you'd have to be thinking about moving back. Yeah, well, that's that's the plan. Then COVID sort of stuffed that up this year, and this this bloody house is taking a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, it's a big house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, planning by year. That's where we're about to head off over there for a visit now. So for Christmas, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're sort of still thinking of maybe trying to get over there in the next couple of years and 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 hanging up your boots over there. Yeah, it's hard, well, it's really hard to leave here now because our life, our whole life's been here for the last forty odd years. So yeah, it's um, we're like having the best of both worlds. Yeah, and mate, one thing that struck me when I was in Lennox, but and funnily enough, I went there uh, because of you. Actually, we were, we were building the brewery <laughs> at Wild Hop, and I can't remember what happened, but uh, oh yeah, it was something to do with um, my wife was pregnant and uh, so there was something going on we, we wanted to go on holidays but we didn't want to go to indo or something it was like all these viruses kicking around this is even before <laughs> coronavirus and they're like don't go there if you're pregnant this and that and you're just like mate go to lennox and i'm working with you every day so we did and we had such a great time that we went back the following year and we had such a good time that uh my wife actually named our second son lennox after the spot <laughs> she loved it so much as well but um mate uh one thing that really struck me when I was there is how good the old boys have got it over there because over here it's just, you know, the, the surfing conditions over here are so much more difficult most of the time than what I saw over there. Over there was just all these options of these like really like nice peeling, user-friendly waves. The wind wasn't as strong. The swell wasn't as strong, you know, and there's all these little nice peelers that, all these old boys and retirees are just cruising on and just getting mouths out and getting these lovely little peelers. And I'm like, just kept thinking of all the old boys and yelling up, just standing on the grass, constantly waiting for the swell to back off or the wind to back off or or something, you know. Um, 
So what I'm getting at is, um, mate, if you go back there, have you got one more last wave left in you? Oh, I think anybody could paddle out at the pass on a mall <laughs> and just, just, yeah, just stand up and just go for forever. Yeah. Because the waves just go forever. Yeah. I think you could do that on a bloody wheelchair. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> are, are mate, do you, do you want one more? Are you going to get one more? You probably, probably. Yeah? Even you reckon up, you'll get one more? Even up on the Gold Coast that where the kids are at Kurumba and that the alley there is just, even though it's crowded and everything, everyone's just pretty mellow. Yeah. That's the whole vibe over there now seems a lot more mellow, although from what I'm hearing, it's not so mellow out at Lemmings these days. Yeah, no, <laughs> mate, it wasn't too bad when I was there. I mean, you obviously yeah. had to mind your P's and Q's and don't be a dick, but I still got plenty of good waves, you know. Yeah. Had, had a couple guys, you know have a bit of a talk to, but uh, it was all good. I held my own. and yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was always based on respect. You know, like yeah. Bal and the crew are big on respect. Have you got a crew that are trying to be pull the full full local trip then? They're, they're, not, they're yeah. not the locals at all. No, obviously I was a tourist and I knew I was and I come you, from a tourist town. So you'd be respected. Yeah. yeah, it was all good. I, you um, had a beard. <laughs> I had a beard. I had my um, my blues jumper on, and uh, you know, I was just oh, you would have been loved smoking a bit of Nimbin's finest in the car park and offering it to anyone who passed by. That's got to get you some brownie points, doesn't it? But um, mate, uh, so I hope you got one last wave in your Stevo. I hope you get back over the east coast with your grandkids and and just get one last little blue water peeler. That would make me happy, um, mate. Last words, any any parting words as we wrap this one up? Um, no, it's been a pleasure to have us on here, as you. I haven't bored everyone to tears. Um, yeah, no, all the best with you and your knee, and uh, just I hope everybody stays fit and healthy, mate. Yeah, just, that's the key. Yep. No worries. I've seen too many people, been on this planet long enough to see too many people suffer hideous bloody cancers and diseases and that. And That's it. No. Just treasure what you got. Yeah, you never know when it can all change. So, yeah, live it up while you can. Yeah. It's pretty much the same last words I run at every podcast. So, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm stoked to get you in here and, and document um, the life and times of Steve Barrett, a young, gnarly-looking bull from Lennox Head who used to intimidate the shit out of little pussies like Baz McKinnon from the West Coast. Uh, mate, it's been great to hear some. Oh, sorry, Baz, we're joking, mate. You're a legend. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been really great, man. And uh, what an awesome time and period and place that you were lucky enough to grow up in and and become a surfer and pave the way for the next generation of surfers like me and, and your son at the time. So thanks for coming in. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Barrel Surf Podcast. Me and Steve are going to crack one more cheeky monkey beer and uh, head on home for the night. So thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. Cheers. See you, mate. <laughs>